Reader Mail. Number eight. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared of Reader Mail podcast, as these are going to be called from here on out, because <laughs> I keep doing that, but that's fine. It's good to delineate between the two. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges. And for those uninitiated, this is, of course, one of our bonus episodes of Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast where you can catch normally on YouTube at 12 p.m. Central Time and across all of your favorite podcast services. If you have one and we're not on it, let us know. We'll try to get on it. But uh, this is a more T to M rated podcast, I guess you would call it, where we answer your questions that you submit to us on Facebook, Patreon, Discord, and Twitter. And we answer every question within a two-week interval, and we throw some screwball ones in there. We may take your question and do it as a quick fire. But this is, of course, for all you new people to get to know us better. And uh, we have a lot of fun while doing it. So we hope you sit back, relax, and uh, subscribe to our Patreon so you get this early. Yeah, early. Uh, anyway, with that said, we have had a, a lot of new patrons, so thank you guys. Appreciate yes, you. thank you guys. <clears throat> um, You're making... All right, we're going to start this off the right way. I need to turn my f- computer back to... To mute. Mute. Uh, I unmuted it for some reason. Probably comedic value. Um, but Probably so. Anyway, we're going to start this off with our Facebook question, and I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I'm sorry. I slacked off hard. We have a good reason. I have been head down trying to do all the finishing touches on the long, long talked about off topic podcast. So head down, huh? Yeah, yeah. Head down. Ass up. That's the way I like to yuck. <laughs> there you go. I did say it's more T to M rated. So for those um, that aren't used to cussing. Oh, that was so bad, Saul. Because we um, keep we keep triangle squared fairly uh, professional. This is more off the cuff. Yeah, no, it's good to have that in there. Uh, but yeah, so I've definitely been doing that, but we'll finally have our off-topic podcast. So for you, those of you that like the idea of Reader Mail kind of being not about gaming all the time and just being about random and being a little more conversation-based, the off-topic is going to see uh, Blaze coming in. So you have that information. So we'll have a third person. We're going to change the way that we do the set for that. Uh, so you'll see more about that coming up. That's as much as I'll divulge about that right now. First question, though, and because of my laziness and not posting it enough on Facebook, thankfully Discord made up for that by far. Yes. Uh, we have one question on Facebook. I'm fairly positive. I'll go ahead and get it out of the way and double-check the rest. But Mr. Josh Shoop asked, A moose once bit my sister. No, Really? She was carving her initials on the moose with the sharpened end of an interspaced toothbrush given her by Svinge, her brother-in-law, and Oslo, dentist and star of many Norwegian movies, the hot hands of a dentist, of an Oslo dentist. Fillings of passion, the huge molars of horse Nordfit. Uh, mind you, moose bites can be pretty nasty. Best Pop-Tart flavor. Uh, in case anyone doesn't know what that is. Is that actually, a Rick and Morty subplot or something? No. Uh, this is actually from Monty Python's Holy Grail. I haven't watched that in, in literally probably two decades. I'm so. pretty sure it's Holy Grail. It's been a long time since I've watched Holy Grail. I haven't Holy watched Grail. anything Monty Python since I was really young. Um, when, what year did uh, Monty Python come out? Yes. The Holy Grail. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um and I think it was in the credits is what it is. Oh. Or opening credits? I can't remember. It's it's been a long time since I've watched the movie. That came out that long movie came before, out like seventy five, yeah, well before that, I was born. That, yeah, that that movie came out long before the early nineties, but that's when I watched it. Most Monty Python stuff that I as far as I know, I think most of his stuff was before I was ever born. So I think so, yeah. And I think he kept going. I mean it was or the little comedy troupe thing, you know, but those are that's a great movie. Uh 
I put it in the same category as the movies that are just funny, but I love the way that they're time set in. So uh, that movie and Robin Hood Men in Tights are very similar to me that they're just a lot of slapstick comedy trying to like set in the medieval time period. I don't, I don't think I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. Really? It's got uh, the Carrie Ellsworth or whatever his name is, the guy from... Uh, that's, that's Princess Bride. No, I'm or is it in that? Oh, too. He's okay. in that too. Yeah, because that that was the mistake I made. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that movie. I'm like, no, that's Princess Bride. Yeah, different movie. Also good though. Uh, but no, it's got Dave Chappelle as uh, the character. His name is uh, Achu, and it's a great movie. If you've not seen Robin Hood Men in Tights uh, or the uh, Holy Grail from Monty Python, go check out both of them. Great movies. Uh, best flavor Pop Tart though. Wildberry. I'm gonna say some crazy off the wall crap right now, but here's what it is. If I have to go with name brand Pop Tarts, Wildberry. Yeah. If I have to go with no to get that great value. Mess hold on, out of I here. don't mean great value. All and, and this could be very much because I grew up poor and didn't have anything else, and maybe my taste buds just adapted to that. But what it comes down to, every time that Grandpa would get us the off-brand Pop Tarts, they always had way more filling in them, and because of that, their flavors were stronger, and I liked them. And blueberry off-brand Pop Tarts are so good. And I, who knows? It could just be the, some nostalgic factor in me, but they're so good. Fun fact about blueberry pop tarts: before <clears throat> Wildberry came back, because there was quite a long hiatus on the. There's also of the Wildberry generics that are also good, but the blueberries. I've never even seen those, but yeah. um, but yeah, like long before or long after the hiatus of Wildberry, I picked up a box of blueberry at Walmart uh, when I was hoping I would find Wildberry. And I was pleasantly surprised that other than the frosting texture, it was the exact same flavor. Really? It's the frosting, I think, that gets you on the Wildberry that makes it what it is. But yeah, because yeah. the frosting has its own little sweet back end. I will say, though, warm Pop-Tarts are delicious. Throw it in the microwave for about six seconds. Get, the, get it just nice and warm with a cold glass of milk. Any age can <clears throat> enjoy that. See, I don't de- I don't mess with the milk. I'll say that, but oh, I definitely give it the milk. I definitely do the hot though because I'm like that with everything. I've had somebody look me dead in the eye and go, "Wait, you can microwave a honey bun?" I'm like, "Yeah, honey buns are way better." Eight, than a honey bun, eight seconds, pop tart six. Yeah, and then the the iced honey buns a little less because if you go too much, yeah, the, the top like, of the icing sticks. Sl- well, no, it not only sticks, but then you it try also to eat it, it off. slides off. Yeah, it just it's like one big old piece of frosting that slides off. Exactly. Which, if you want to eat but one big warm old up a piece little of bit. frosting. That's They're the delicious. way. It's yeah. so good. Hot Pop-Tarts. Uh, there's actually a question in, in uh, I think it's Discord, I think, that, we'll we, get to that it. I'll be able to answer. And we'll get to it. But for now, we'll move into Twitter. Our very first question um, is actually going to be stored for a topic, and he actually is the one that actually recommended it. And I actually enjoy that idea of having a full episode uh, for Triangle Squared uh, for the main topic to be this. So, Justin, uh, one of your – I think you have two in here from Twitter. You do. Uh, your big one that, that you said would be a main topic is going to be a main topic one episode. Uh, we'll probably be in the next couple of weeks, I'd say. Depends on how news works and stuff. But Absolutely. We'll, we'll get to it, Justin. Thank you for the question. We have Corey, our good buddy Corey, Crash the Animal. He says, this question is for Saul. Where is my d- damn Celeste Saul place? <laughs> So far on the back burner that I think it's overdone. Um, I really, I really want to do another saw plays. I just don't know what I'm going to do it on. I'm having trouble right now finding time to do anything with video games that's not taking place on my couch. I actually thought about doing a link to the past full play, which coincidentally comes up in that same answer for the pop tarts. Uh, would you wait and do? Would you do the original or would you wait for the remake? 
in that situation. What remake? Not a link to the past. I'm sorry. Link's Awakening. You're right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, either, I'm either weird or, right now, but I know Link to the Past more than Link's Awakening, but I know I can beat them both in one sitting. Um, so I actually thought about doing. I still have my SNES Mini at home, and I really thought about hooking the HDMI uh, or not HDMI, the Elgato up to that and doing that. So. We'll see, though, man. You'll be one of the first ones to know if I ever do a Celeste one. Well, do you want to go into why he may be asking for it? Saul did tease him. Oh, yeah, no, I did. Uh, so, for those Hard. that don't know, I edited a video that was my intro for Saul Plays, and then I edited in Celeste gameplay, and this was a teaser trailer for uh, Celeste. And uh, at the end, it was just kidding. LOL was the text <laughs> in my... Uh, With in the, the same, same little crappy... <laughs> the, the same little effect on it, right? I was like, crappy effect? Boy, that's... I mean, it looks good, but it looks good, but it's, it's, it's funny like when you're doing effect. it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's probably why, but to follow up that he says, if you were creating your own game, what would the premise be? We've actually talked about that. And mine was a third person sci-fi game. We talked about that in the naughty dog slash. Mm-hmm. What do you want your, so well, th- actually that was the whole topic, wasn't it? Right. I think so. Yeah. But I think what he's digging for a little bit more is like, you know, loose skeleton, but like, what do you think you would aim to be the from start to finish general premise idea? That I don't know. Like, I, I, I have an idea of a couple of stories I wrote that may or may not translate well into video games, but I don't know about like what I would want a video game that I would have created to be a story. Like, I'm actually going to get into that with Dreams and see how hard it is to make a game on there. I have been debating the same, and I thought it might be cool if me and you get together, like we and were talking about make before. That pixel Triangle Squared game, which is like, me and brother main characters and microphones are weapons. Uh, but <laughs> okay, we talked about that. We did. I was like, you got we a bad did. memories you forgot. But uh, man, yeah, like I don't really know what the story would be. I, I do have a couple of cool sci-fi stories, uh, or not stories, but like ideas for a story in my head. I just don't know uh, how well that would translate into a game because I never thought of it that way. Sure. So I don't really, I don't really know. My, my ideal premise would be a really uh, loreful um, sci-fi third person. Uh, I don't know if it'd be a shooter or not, but it, that's up for debate. Probably oh. a mix of shooter and <clears throat> sword-based or pole-based weapons. So I don't know what my game would be in terms of genre. That would be one of those weird things I'd have to look and see what I think works best. But long ago, and this is a this is a premise that I already kind of messed with, but then I started trying to attach it to the idea of a like of animated comedy in my mind. I'm like, well, how? And me and Dylan. <clears throat> good friend of the show and a uh, member of the shenanigans and such crew. Shout out to my boys. Shenanigans um, and such. This has been years ago. We went through the idea of, and I'm going to go into, I'm going to tell you real quick, just a short synopsis of what the show is going to be and what we were trying to apply it to there. But the greater idea, I like the idea of uh, a lot. So the show itself was going to be, I remember this, the, the show, the, the show itself was going to be called, or it was going to be about a paralegal. I do remember this. It's stupid. It is very stupid. And the basic idea was going to be that... He's a paralegal... Hold on. Okay, yeah, okay. The the crux of the joke was going to be that he was going to be a paralegal who was paraplegic. Paraplegic. And it was going to be called paraplegal. And... um, I, I know... Okay, either you made that joke, and I know for sure when you make a joke, it's 100% original. That's somewhere. Oh, like, no. I, Dude, I remember when I said it. This was 2012. And I remember when I said it. I said, wow. that's too much of a gold mine for someone not to have done, right? But the idea that we were going to go through with it 
and where I was trying to attach some of my larger plot points and things. Like, I wanted the show to be a comedy, but I still wanted to have a back end of something that was serious and kind of attacked a real idea. So, is a paraplegal the same as a paraplegic? <laughs> I said paraplegal, paralegal. You got, you got it. In your, uh, uh, but anyway, so the idea was the, my larger thing about that, and there was a lot of comedic elements that were in there that were just way over the top. Like we were going to have it to be where he goes into. Uh, there was going to be like another. I think it was going to be that he dies or something like that. This has been a long time ago, but but we were going to we were going to do this he was going to die uh, and he was going to wake up in another dimension that was like where he recognized all the people of uh, like they were like counterparts of people in the opposing dimension. It was going to be like him his death awoken him in another world in another dimension and it was going to be like in that world, everything's like heightened and very ridiculous and everybody's dead and so like their souls are going around so they're like amorphous blobs and stuff. So like Beetlejuice to an extent. But certain people had like strong enough ties to their previous selves that they kept the bodily shape of their of their souls, so you saw who they so were. So like Beetlejuice, I guess. I mean, I don't know. But where I was going with that is that some of the jokes, right? Because you, you think about like in my mind, I was like, how do you work a show out, right? Well, you got to think about some of the jokes you'd want to make and go from there, and then kind of see if you can expound on it that way. And it was going to be that in the real world, he was going to be a paralegal who was very shy. Uh, and he wasn't paraplegic in the real world. He was going to be a paralegal who was very shy, wanted to work towards being a lawyer, but didn't feel like he was good enough to do it. And then it was going to be in this other world, like his other self was going to be set up to where he was already a lawyer, and he was going to be paraplegic in that. Uh, and and what was going to happen is he was going to have like an anthropomorphic-sized dick or some shit to where it was really... He had giant balls, and his balls were going to be his legs, and you're going to see like the animation joke was going to be... I told y'all this is going to be stupid. It's very stupid. He was going to walk on his balls, (laughs) and it, it was all sorts of dumb jokes. But look, the point that matters here was that the idea I had for it is I like the idea of having it to where life ending in one spot is life sprouting up in another but not just in the idea of like traditional uh the way people view um reincarnation where you come back through but you don't know that that's yourself it's like you're just life is kind of cycling through and going to a new uh and that your death and the energy that you hold goes into a new being and that's still part of you but you don't necessarily know it uh mine was going to be that you were going to very much know that it was it was tied to who you were and uh I like the idea of kind of exploring that and seeing what happens in that situation. And one of my cruxes I was going to try and see if there was an interesting way to tie it into was maybe have the two universes being on timelines that were working toward each other instead of running parallel to each other. And it was going to be why a lot of things were weird in that things were going to start being more like the world that you came from as the timelines got closer and closer to like, so imagine if you're watching, the two timelines are going this way and they're running. And then at the point where they would meet up, it was going to like clash and it was going to pull people's souls from the other world. And essentially, like you'd see the world changing to be more like the other world. So you want to make Rick and Morty. <sighs> well, this again was before Rick and Morty. Yeah. Well, was it? Yeah. What before I watched Rick and Morty, okay. at least. Like, what year did Rick and Morty even come out? I don't know, but this was, like I said, this was 2012 that we were yeah. talking about this stuff. And I definitely hadn't watched Rick and Morty yet. Uh, so I like that idea, though, of two timelines clashing and kind of like you see the world slowly start to change and look like the other one and like things were going to be, or I guess the soul world was going to start to inhabit more of the characteristics of the real world as the timelines cl- uh, got together. And then the day of the clash or whatever you want to call it, it was going to be like, a moment that I was wondering if I wanted to try and like merge the souls from the other universe into the bodies of the other. It's going to be like 
completing yourself again. Yeah. It, it, I had a lot of weird ideas that. So like Beetlejuice. It's very much against. I, I don't quite know where it was going to go, but that's like my basic idea. I like the idea of exploring how parallel universes may work and letting the energy of one life go into it in a way that you understand. And like when you go to the other world, you're aware of it. So it's almost like the idea of a heaven, but as if heaven were a parallel universe that is not like you're dying and going up to a place that's where it's just your soul. But I don't know. It's going to be kind of a play on a lot of those things. So that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. We have a couple, what I'm going to assume is quick fire questions. Cause he all asked them within like two minutes of each other. So I think we should all answer them within like two minutes of each other. Let's do it. Matt green with a host of, I think four. Yeah. Four questions. He says, this is a hard one. So for quick fire, I don't know if I can even expound on this. He says, what is your happiest experience of friendship you two have? Is it the same thing? So I don't know if you mean our friendship, like what is our happiest moment of our friendship or the like a friendship? I think he means ours specifically. That's what I think. And so, that's why it has a chance of being the same thing. And that's hard for me to answer because every answer is the same. And it sounds weird, but it's every time we've gone out of town together. It's yeah. always fun. Like it, no matter what we do, it's we, we go to Best Buy and look at fridges. And the, it's fun. the more funny thing is that almost every time we go out of town, you can guarantee that Saul and I one will start bitching about the fact that the girls want to do a bunch of shit. Oh, dude, we are literally no we are literally talking <laughs> about us. a mall um, experience like twenty minutes ago where we were talking about we were trying to figure out what mall we were at, and there was a big mall in Dallas we went to, and it's like one big circle, and it's like it feels like you're walking three miles around the mall to get around it. And then we kept losing them. And I was like, dude, this, I was hungry. I'm like, this is pissing me off. They just keep disappearing. And, and there's that, like a hundred stores here. And I literally have to walk around a, like 10 football fields to find them. And then that one time and that, that we were their phones. in forever 21 for like an hour and a half. That was awful too. I remember that. That was at the Grapevine Mills. Mall. That's the upstairs and downstairs yes. one. Yeah. And it was a, it was a two story forever yeah. 21. That was awful. Um, I'd say, I don't know if I'd say happiest, but I think a weird moment that I just remember very well. Um, was when Kyrie was born, my daughter, and she was in the NICU. That Saul came to see her, and because she was weird. in the NICU, we had to go see her in the NICU. So he came up, and that involves a lot. In case you've never been in there, you have to go in, you have to scrub yourself uh, for five minutes. There's a timer and everything. You have to scrub yourself with this like thing that goes and you have to scrub all your arms, anything that might touch the baby. Uh, and then Saul went in there as we got through with all that. And he reached his hand down in there. Boy, she grabbed me and hard. And she just reached her hand up and grabbed Saul's finger really tight. And, and Saul just looked at me and goes, oh. I can't let go. <laughs> yeah. It was, It was. I don't know. That I was a cool it, night. It was an interesting time period. Was, I was really stressed and I didn't have a lot. I, I was tired because we were staying at the hospital as much as they would let us. In terms of in our room, they let us stay a couple extra days since we were going to have to go up every. We could only see our daughter every eight hours, I wanted to say as it was. Maybe four. It's been a while now. Uh, but it was very time driven out and it's like you're when I wasn't up there seeing her and you don't quite know like you're not understanding what's going on and she couldn't breathe her own and there's much stuff so it's like you have that little type bit of time with her and for some reason it feels okay because it's like yeah. okay I have her and then that time period in between is just you it's trying like to find whatever like you can separation anxiety yeah it's like whatever you can find to make up the time so that you're not just constantly thinking about it and that's why I, you know I, I, I talked about playing Batman Arkham uh, Origins or, Blackgate, uh, Blackgate or whatever yeah. uh, and that was I played that specifically in the times in between when we were sitting in the rooms and trying to just keep our minds off a of thing. Uh, watch Tropic Thunder, a classic. Help me very laugh. Classic. So, yeah, that's a good time. You know what's also fun about that knot was that one of my good work buddies, who I haven't talked to in like two years. Sadly. Uh, yeah, he yeah. he um, he actually he had a baby who was also in the NICU. And we like we both left work, and we both like closed the store together or whatever. And we both left our pharmacy, 
And the hospital's like what? A mile if most? Like a mile and a half, maybe? Yeah. It's not quite like two miles, but like we yeah. both uh didn't even plan on it, but like we got there and they're like, Oh, is your coworker here? Like that's what the people are asking because we have our uniform on. And I was like, Oh, he is here. So like it was pretty cool. It was really yeah. random. Uh the rest will answer quick fire. He says, Do you cosplay? If so, what or what would you be if you did? I don't cosplay. I don't know what I would be. I would I don't really look like a video game character. If I do, y'all let me know. Or like even a media character. Because I don't think I look like a specific one. If I could grow I don't if I could grow a mean mustache, and mine's not bad, but if I could grow a more mean mustache, I would be Grayson from the Order eighteen eighty six because that style is so dope looking. So dope. I don't think, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think there's any character in the order that looks remotely like I did for a while have plans to see about, like, getting all the crazy crap together for, like, Organization 13 costumes and cosplaying Zigbar. It was just going to be really involved, and I I was like, I don't know if I'm dedicated enough to this. If I got got in shape better, and, like, if I let my hair grow out really long, I could probably... No, because I'd have to... You'd be a good Ansem the Wise. No. Yeah. No. Real Ansem. Diz, I know. know who you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, you could pull that off. I don't think so. I was going to say Balder would be fun. Balder would be fun. Because he already has like the shaved sides on his head, too. Well, and the cool like tattoos and stuff. And they have little templates of where you can try them. Well, that's like... what I'm saying. I have to get in shape because I'd be shirtless. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No. But uh, anyways, uh, next question. If you had to swap two game characters, who would you swap to make the game better? Uh, he says Sonic and Inamario, uh, etc. So Ooh. I would put... Doom guy into Resident Evil, and then I would put to make them to make it worse. Just to throw that out there, because I was going to do lead with that one first. What I would make better though is I would put uh, the Bloodborne Hunter into Sekiro or Sekiro. Ooh, that's a just, good one. Just for like some continuity, because there is stuff in Sekiro that just like all from soft games that like lead you to believe that there is another. They're in the same universe. Or actually, I'm sorry, there's somebody in Bloodborne that is actually, uh, it, it alludes to Sekiro. Every FromSoft game, there's a hint to what the next one will be, and there is a samurai in Bloodborne. So, or a shinobi, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, I can't remember his name, but yeah, that's what I would probably do, just because it'd be cool. Oh, man, this is a really hard question. I'm trying to really think this through. I'm trying to think of a character I don't care for. I don't know what your wife is making, but it smells really good. It does smell really good. I think it's meatloaf from what we discussed earlier, but we'll definitely see how that works out. Um, man, I really, on the spot, I don't know if I can get, I don't know if I have a great answer for this. And it's kind of bums me out because it's a good question. Old Hunter Yamamura. Hmm. I'm trying to think of characters that are not, you know. Huh? To make a game worse, I don't know. I think you know th- one of the things I'd say to make games better, at least in an interesting way, I think games that don't have so much to do with plot to where the point of putting people who don't make sense in there would be fun, I oh, think yeah. it'd be cool to do something like uh, put Shovel Knight into Terraria or something like that. Well, yeah, and fun. I like games that do that because wasn't Shovel Knight in... Kratos was in Shovel Knight. I remember that. And that was cool. And they and That's at- the only reason I redownloaded it on Vita. Oh, it's to play it again? Yeah, because yeah, they added Kratos. Yeah, and despite the fact it's an amazing game that I bought four times now. Yeah. PS3, no. PS4, PS Vita, 3D. Yeah, it was PS3, I guess. You know what? I've got it. And I don't really mind him. This is going to sound like blasphemy to some. 
I I think take Zidane and put Zidane into Final Fantasy X instead of Titus. Zidane from Titus, if you want to talk about that weird crap. But I call him Titus. um, Zidane is from Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one that I haven't still And he's the one with the tail. Yeah. I think that some of the reason I feel that way is that, and I know it's just the game itself, uh, Final Fantasy X's voice acting makes Titus end up coming off kind of odd because the voice acting all feels canned in that game. And I guess because there was no voice acting in nine and it was all just red, I was able to imagine Zidane as somebody that came off more likable in the long run to me and felt like a more in-depth character. I really like the story of 10 and I like the gameplay of 10. I just think that there's a lot of things about the presentation that suffer from it being the first game, Final Fantasy game, and really one of the first games that did all that, like big budget, real voice actors, try, or big budget voice acting, not necessarily voice actors, but it was uncharted territory in games at the time, and I think it suffers a little bit because of it. Is VV in Final Fantasy X? VV is in Final Fantasy IX. No, no, I'm saying like there, there's. Oh, well, is he in the game? No, yeah, there's I don't like. Think so. Well, there's like that. It's it's a standard black mage design that's in almost every Final Fantasy game. Yeah, I couldn't think if it was in Final Fantasy X. I or don't not. think so. I, like, mean, I don't I'm remember. I'm having a that. rough time thinking back. Uh, but there was so much about Final Fantasy X that they did that was just different. Like they put in some yeah. staples, of course. But they, they, a lot of that was like, let's do something totally different. Like Whereas whole, Final Fantasy IX was a little bit more like what was traditional the, Final Fantasy, but it still had a crazy story. What was the Have grid? you ever beat Final Fantasy IX? No, I never. I got, I, like, oh, I've talked about it. We got to the, yes, to the play. That's right. Uh, that's right. Which is like two hours into the game. If yeah, you know. not far. Not far. Uh, that's so one, you wrecked the airship. Yes. That's one. That, that game and Final Fantasy XI uh, doesn't really count. Um,. Final Fantasy 4, I think. Is another one? It's the one that I haven't beaten all the way through. I've never beat Final Fantasy 1. I just don't care. I beat Final Fantasy 1 and 2 on Game Boy Advance. I know the stories loosely, but... Uh, His his last quickfire question, or question, I should say. Since we didn't do a quickfire. What board game would you make a video game from? I I have a cheat answer. Because this game, I think, already exists. And that would be Dungeon Dice Monsters. Oh, so I those, think technically you're right, but yeah. if I could do it in a big budget, cool way, isn't there a Dungeon Dice Monsters game? Like, a, was it a Game Boy Advance game? Sounds like it was probably Game Boy Advance PS2. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh games between Game Boy Advance and PS2, and then they kind of started kind of dying off. Yeah, they made a uh, Game Boy Advance Dungeon Dice Monsters. For those that don't know, that is a Yu-Gi-Oh uh, board game that was a failure in the United States despite being really, 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 really cool. Um, it was like hex based with uh, actual figurines. Uh, the board game was not hex based; it was uh, square based. Yes, with, like, it was L shapes and traditional stuff. grid. Yeah, um, but it was really, really cool. Brett, what board game would you make into a video game? A lot of them have already been like the Monopoly video game is surprisingly not bad, kind of fun. Uh, going on something a little more weird, it and this would be something that you'd like blow up and go in a way different way. But you know, uh, it's board game specifically is what makes it a little weird. But have you ever seen the ideas of people who take something that doesn't have a lot of lore or anything to it, and then they all they do is kind of use it as the premise of this is going to be our visual design, and we'll kind of pull in some of the game mechanic designs in a way, but we're going to blow the rest of the world up, add characters, and put stuff in. I think some of those little games that we played, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, no, I do remember now. Um, but I, I like the idea and the way they do the art in that coup game that we played. Oh, yeah. And that's technically a card game, so if that's cheating, it's cheating. I mean, oh, well, but they have really cool art 
and I like the idea of the world. And I wish I wanted to see somebody blow that lore up and talk about, well, why is all this going on? Why do these it, positions exist? And it, I think uh, you could play off of it in a cool way. If you don't know what coup is, it's like the, the basic idea of the game is that you get the game who? out. And, and you play and guess who you get two cards and they're face down. You're the only person that knows what they are. And what you do is every time that something comes up and an action is going to be played, you can counteract the other player's actions by saying that I have a Duke. So I'm going to cancel your ability to do that with my Duke. And then what can happen? They don't know if you have a Duke or not. Exactly. It's all face down. So what them. happens is they, they can challenge you. you. Yeah. And if they challenge you and they're right, you lose your card and you lose two currency, I want to say something I like think, that. Well, no, I, I can't remember the currency, but I know for sure you lose your card. I think sometimes you have to spend a currency to do an action. Yeah. So you can it's, double it's lose. Been, it's very I odd. Think it's the last time. But if you're wrong, you lose a currency yourself. So there's like a risk-reward pool to it. Didn't we play that when Blaze... or we No, did. Blaze wasn't here. We, did, was, we played with Blaze once, I thought. No, it was Corey and Dylan. Oh, yeah, we did play with Corey. And yeah. And was, it was a big cycle. That's yeah. when we watched Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's, And that's, I think me and me and Corey got out kind of, no, not quickly, but after like 30 minutes, and then you and Dylan me were Me and like, Dylan were and locked. kept stalemating each other. Yeah, we were locked in, very stalemated. Uh, yeah, anyway, so that, that I think the idea is cool. Check out the art and stuff. I think you'd see why I think it'd be cool it to blow a, up. It's, it's my favorite uh, quick tabletop game to play. Uh, yep. No Fate says, if you have the skills in Media Molecule's Dream Creator, what retro game from your childhood would you like to recreate first? A Link to the Past. Hmm. A Link to the Past with an art style that is newly akin to uh, Link's Awakening would be cool. Even though technically we already got that with um, uh, Link Between Ooh, Worlds. Yeah, Link Between Worlds. It would be fun for me to work on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, and I talk about this game all the time, but I also just really liked it. Um I think it would be cool, and also because we didn't end up getting a remake in any sense or a sequel or whatever whenever it got to uh, um, Kickstarter, I wanted to say is what it was when they were doing it, but I would remake Boogerman because that game is just yeah. funny as hell to me, uh, and I also think that it's got a really interesting art style that I like, and the music's cool, so being seeing how closely I'd be able to get the game to the original would be awesome, and people have already done some crazy stuff in Dreams. If you've not seen, people have remade Mario completely completely sprites and everything everything worked right and the only thing that they still needed to work on a little bit was the gravity of the game it it didn't quite feel right but it looked perfect they've remade pt completely yeah well two two versions there's one that's a perfect remake from the actual game i haven't seen that one yet during the during the beta time period though there was somebody who remade the level perfectly and even remade some of the loop stuff but it wasn't the whole game like you couldn't punch the eye out in the picture you couldn't take the l's and move them over in this one i'm talking about that's awesome yeah uh let's see justin rose second question he does say does anyone actually want game streaming latency pricing and fidelity aside doesn't the idea of google slash sony slash microsoft being able to turn off access to a game with absolutely no ability to preserve it scare anyone. He hasn't seen that one brought up yet. I'm not really worried about that because they can do that anyways. We saw that with PT. They can literally disable you from... Go ahead. You're going into exactly... And I was going to let you finish, but you're going into exactly where my point was going to be with this is that we, you have to fight that battle on two fronts. Yeah. So that that that, that battle does not only exist in the streaming world. That battle exists in, in digital, digital world. So, because all it takes is them pu- pulling a game. PT is the perfect example. All it takes is them pulling the game when you happen to delete it because you didn't have room for it, but you wanted to download it again. They go, well, you don't already have it installed. Your ability to re-download is gone unless you do some very convoluted back-end stuff that people figured out. Very convoluted. But people figured it out and got a way back. But in terms of the ownership... 
even though you own the license to PC and you can go to the store and find it and click on everything, you can't do anything on it. Uh, and that's a big problem. So that's on the digital front. So the only real way to fight this is genuinely that everything that you play has to be on disc. That's the only way that you can guarantee that this isn't going to happen. And they can still do that on disc too, in a way. In what they way? They can lock your you licenses say? out to, so and make it to where if it's specifically online games, they can practically or almost. It's almost banning online. Online's a little different because eventually the, the disc is worthless when the game doesn't exist on the server side anyway. Destiny, um, but. When it happens to like uh, my my go to game would be like for some reason uh, Drive Club, right? If you get Drive Club, there is nothing that keeps you from re-downloading it. All they're going to do is delist the game, you know, because it's coming up with the server shutdown and the delisting. Right. Yeah. But once the game is gone, even if you own the so that's digitally, you can re-download it. That's thankful. But disc-wise, if you have the disc for Drive Club, there's Short of again, essentially patching the game, the game, the problem is games that don't require online. There's not even a way for them to retroactively say, "Oh, if you put this in, you have to download this patch right. before you can play it." But That's any easy. game that requires online can easily be shut off. Can be patched to go. You have to be online to play it, and then once you click on it, and oh, okay. I mean, gotcha. they can just shut the servers down. It's effectively there's, the same yeah, there's thing. that too. Um, but there's a, there's a number of different ways. So it's a great question, but it's a question that I feel like. It's a little bit short-sighted to only think about it in the view of their thing. And I get that it's because it's more pressing. You don't even have the option for disc-based gaming on that. So it's literally just going, well, I just own this game that, here. And it's just in this cloud instance. And what happens there? But I just I think it's easy because of the way that digital has been slowly crept up on us in a very different way. And it wasn't... It wasn't given the precedence of game streaming. You know, Google made this big deal about game streaming, so it seems more pressing. But a lot of these things are the same problems that you deal with on the digital front already, and it ties back to the way people were acting in 2013 when Microsoft was saying, console's going to be online only, we're going to have a DRM be locked to a, your account, so even if you buy the disc, you have to pay to... Re- and that's a really good example, because you saw what that did to Microsoft this June. So, And I do want to quickly tie into the fact that it's ironic that we were up in arms for that but now we're at a point where they are doing it's, essentially it's the, same, the thing. same thing with the xbox all, all digital edition i was never up in arms about that i was up in arms with the no, idea I didn't of not mean being you. able to trade games in yeah i, I didn't then, mean I you still did yeah yeah that i just was, meant that other people like, the gaming community at large were at arms yeah. against microsoft for that but now six was, years later all it comes down to is that Microsoft waited six years. Digital has become far more useful for people. Yeah. And now the stigma's gone. And now they're doing the same thing with this all digital edition. But it is also an option. That's the other thing. The sad thing is, is that what they said, other than like game sharing, because game sharing was going to be weird, but that was the one negative. What they said is practically what Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft all currently do. Especially with the on, with the whole keeping your system in rest mode, which is what always online was to download updates. It's here. Well, yeah, no, no, but, but that was already existing on PS3 even, but it was right. not required. And that that goes through, and I, and I don't know yet, but for a long time on Xbox, before the Windows 10 update, that's where my most of my experience is, uh, you had to set your Xbox into offline mode manually with internet. But if you just lost internet and you didn't think the, excuse me, if you lost internet and didn't have an idea that it was going to be potentially lost for whatever reason, say that your bill didn't go through, like for some reason your payment didn't go or through, or your, your internet's just down for yeah. some reason, then if you didn't have the foresight, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, See, but that's I, remember, what I, couldn't remember. I couldn't remember the stipulation of not being able to play a the game. The reason I say that is because 
and this is where I got the idea from. My brother used to have to bring his Xbox up here occasionally whenever he'd take it somewhere, play a game online, and you have to turn it out of offline mode to do so. And he would do that, and then he would forget, and he'd go home, and he couldn't play it, and he'd have to bring it back to my I, house, hook it up to internet so that he could turn it on to offline mode and then take it back to I don't know house. what he was doing. I don't, really, I don't think it launched with that, though. I think well, they got rid of all the DRM stuff. No, it wasn't DRM. It was well. That was all it, part of it. You, you, so initially, there wasn't a way to turn it offline. They they patched that into it. See, I don't remember update. that because I didn't get an Xbox One at launch. I got an Xbox One like probably the same amount of time I got a PS4 off your launch, like six months. That sounds about right. Yeah, because I think we found you the anniversary one six months about after launch, maybe seven or what? What November? I had my full. I had my PlayStation that you got for more than a year. Once I got the the, the are you anniversary. sure? Yeah. What, when did the PlayStation launch? Like, what was the month? The PlayStation 4? November of 20, uh, 2013. Didn't Bloodborne come out in March 2014? Mm-hmm. That's when I got yours. That's five months. Maybe it is. Yeah, but I was going to say, I did, you didn't have it a year. You had I guess yours I did. very quickly. I, I, you sold me yours very quickly because we found you the anniversary and you bought that. And then once you bought that, you sold me yours. Because I got Bloodborne at launch. I took a week off to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, next question. Crash the Animal says, if you both had to choose someone else to be your co-host, who would you pick and why? And it's very important to put... So Bloodborne Blaze. was 2015. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I had it more than a year. I'm, I'm for some reason thinking it was... Because I had the system for almost a year before I even moved to Grandpa's house. That's right. And that's all, that's that's sad. That's the only uh, time I equivalent to like, when I got my PS4 was for Bloodborne. Bloodborne, um, yeah. Anyway, but, go ahead. What was the question? But yeah, uh, Corey said, if one of y'all had to pick someone else for your co-host, who? And then Blaze said, yeah, who? It's, I thought it was very important to add that detail in for people. Yeah, that's very important. Um, uh, I wouldn't have a co-host. I wouldn't do the podcast. Like, I would I would probably just move to streaming. Yeah, so we, me and Saul have talked about this to some extent. Barring, and, I, and this is a real interesting thing, right? And that's not against anybody. Barring. I'm saying, like, I, it's not that I wouldn't pick somebody. It's that I, I, like, honestly would see it. As like it's time to do something else. Yeah, like barring death, and that's really crazy. I know that barring death, I don't know what would happen in, in if either of us died situation. I don't. I don't know if Saul died. I don't know what I would do. I don't have an immediate answer. But if it was just for some reason one of us had to leave the podcast, I don't think that we'd keep going with this podcast. Now I still might do a podcast, but it wouldn't be this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of where it comes down to this show, and we've talked about it a lot of times. This show is me and Saul. For, right. for better and for worse, for all of our bad habits that we have, for all of the good habits that we have and the good rapport that we have, this show is us. And that's, you know, I don't, it, it would feel very weird to continue this show with one of us gone. I just now you notice your router is in your shelf over there. It is. Has it always been there? Yes. Wow. Since I, well, since we built the studio. You learn something new about the set every day. But uh, yeah, like I agree with Brett. Like I wouldn't, like, it's not that I have it like against anybody to be another co-host. It's just like. Well, Triangle Square is over. Okay, so now we do this other podcast once a week, and then I'll just stream the time to make up for pod- for that to keep in touch with the community who found us through this. So. so let's flip the question. I think this is a better way to get to the heart of what he was saying. Take the history of the podcast as it is away. Let's just say we were back at the start of starting the podcast, and for some reason it wasn't me or it wasn't me and you. I would have done it. Who would have been the other person? You would, don't think that you would have done, done it at all? Nope. I think that I would have tried doing it with Blaze, but I really appreciate that we landed on me and you 
and it's worked out incredibly well and in a very fun way. It was my idea. I rebrought it back, the idea back up. I mean, you, you I, honestly, you probably did. It's no, so it far back I, that I don't remember. I, I, I remember that weekend very vividly because, like, it was very quickly. We it, literally it went very from, we went from saying we should probably do this again, whoever it was, it was to two, doing it within, two weeks. Yeah, um, like we, I brought it up on a Friday. We were standing outside on your stoop, and we went to go eat Roadhouse. Okay, and we talked about it at Roadhouse, and then we came up with a name by Sunday. And then we recorded that little uh, thing in that game room or that the, uh, your the, yeah, the on test. Sunday. Yeah. And then uh, Friday, the following week, we recorded the episode zero that uh-huh. never has been released. And then Saturday we recorded the actual episode, episode <laughs> one. So within like within one week, I said two. Yeah. Technically within one week we had everything. And that was me ordering lights off of Amazon. That was uh, you getting a hold of camera. That was uh, us getting a, a desk and everything, a ta- our old table. That was us. Uh, we used one of these mics because Brett already had one, and then by episode four we ten. had episode was ten. It ten ep- the episode tenth ten? episode was the first one with the new mics with the Rhodes. Okay, uh, but yeah, so mm. we 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 got long on time. It. Yeah, we but Blaze would have been the other person if I did eventually go back into doing it. Likely, and that's why Blaze is making his way into the new show. Yeah, Blaze has been Blaze planned has been to be in the day, channel from the start. Well, he from, was day one creator with us. Yeah, exactly. So it's exactly. Just, it's just that we haven't had a, a lot of time and content ideas for him to be a part of it. Yet. And it's crazy. There's been a couple things. We listen. created this four years ago, but we've only been doing it two years. Yeah. That's how old our channel is on YouTube. <laughs> so, crazy. Anyway. Uh, crashes. Now this one I do shoot. I'll do quick fire because I can't even think of a, uh, of an answer for this one. Um, so 10 seconds or less. Answer this. What's your favorite gaming soundtrack of 2018? 10, nine, eight, seven, six. Cheat answer, Five, but Hollow Knight, four. because it came out in, in 18. That is a cheat answer, and that's what I would have gotten with. Because God of War is really good, and, but and Hollow that, Knight's better. That's why I'm fighting in my head. Yeah, that's what I had to do in my head, and I was like, I'm going to base it whatever he goes off of. Not that I was going to copy your answer. Now, I was actually if, I had to, if I had to run with the stipulation of what I played in 18, God of, War. God of War. And see, that's the thing that I have in my head of a mental battle, is that like Hollow Knight's soundtrack is very subtle in most parts, and then really ramps up in, in other parts. Dude, it's where so God of War thick is with atmosphere, too. the entire time. It's moody. Yeah, I love Hollow Knight. I've been listening to it, and, I, and to be fair, my litmus test for both of those is that I've listened to them outside of the game, right? Um, and I did that on both games. I but. told people that before, like with Persona Five and such, that like it, that's how and near. Oh, uh, I listen to near time on the soundtrack all the time. Technically, no, I, that was 2017. It's been so we've done this show too long. <laughs> uh, our last, <coughs> I'm dead. Our last <laughs> question on Twitter. It's given to us by, or no, technically not. We have one from El Chabib. Oh, uh, yeah. I have that in a separate tab, though. Uh, no Fate says, what is the best PS4 theme you have seen or purchased? The default theme. With Saul my hates own, themes. Yeah, my, the default theme with my own picture, which is Hyper Light Drifter. Um, what's coincidentally, I have Wallpaper Engine on my PC, which is also Hyper Light Drifter. It's animated. Yeah, your PC one's really cool. I like it a lot. Um, I like my PC uh, wallpaper. It would be dope if you could do animated PS4 backdrops. Yeah, it, Sony add of that. your own, of yeah, your own, because like, there are not themes built into a dynamic theme. Yeah, Sony add that. I want 4K uh, video files to be able to use as a loop. I'll make my own. Boy, one. this one's a this one's a tough one. I think my favorite so far is the one I've had for the longest now, and that is the Shadow of the Colossus Wonder theme. And it's very specific. It's got those like hand-drawn looking cutouts and it's dynamic, but it's not dynamic in a way that comes off as cheesy because I downloaded the newest God of War one that we talked about in the episode yeah. and the way the boat rocks looks cheesy. I watched that on uh, like it's a fine theme and it's high quality. Access, I that think. sounds right. 
they did a video on a couple of them, and I like watched a couple of them, and that was one of them. And it was, it's it's one of those that like the CGI is too, uh, uh, it's too noticeable. Well, not the CGI, but I guess the the so it's a very high quality image, and well, like Kratos and the boat and everything look really high quality. It's, but it's but the way it, the, the way it jiggles looks weird, and yeah, and it looks notably it, there's it, it's got too much presence. A wallpaper engine. There's a lot of um, uh, a lot, and I do mean a lot of. Um, themes like that where there is some really 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 cool ones however there are some that just look really really badly animated because it's out of place yeah it's it's just ugh. so but, my the reason i like that one though it's like a back wall scroll so you have wander and like the desert and like this drawn way uh and then behind them there's like a, a skyline scroll that rolls through and like it's not real they're real cloud looking almost like they're just like see-through and kind of like speculative versions of all of the Colossi just rolling through in like big form and like a very cool art style. And it looks like it's just rolling and it looks really cool because of that. And it's, it doesn't get in your face too much. I, I liked it a lot. I've had it for, oh God, I've had it since before the game came out or maybe the day the game came out uh, until yesterday. I changed it to what I downloaded I a long time ago, uh, which was the Destiny Community art one that has that really dope picture that's, uh, the same the one. That's my background. Yeah, which is that is animate, animated on there? On phone or on the computer? I mean, computer. on the thing. Uh, on the I mean, PS4. PS4. It changes. I don't think it's animated. I haven't seen it enough because I was playing Division Two in the middle of doing it, and Blake took a break, and I just changed it. So I haven't gotten a lot of experience with it yet. See, and that's. I do wish that there was. I, I, I said this last time was that. Um, I I do wish that there were more options for like themes and such. Yeah, because we talked about on the last episode of the PS3 had a ton of options for better and worse. Like, you had some really bad-looking ones because people could just make their own as see fit. But the other upside of that was that themes didn't clog the store. <laughs> yeah. Because they weren't part... For a long time, they weren't part of the store. And then when they finally started putting them in there, they were just few and far between. Uh, and I like the idea... If we're talking about themes, I like the idea of the PS3 days, and I, it's, it's on the PS4 a little bit, but it's, it's been less, of games rewarding you themes for beating them or rewarding you a theme for doing a very specific thing inside of the game. It was really The cool. Kingdom Hearts collection had great ones for if you beat each game, you got one. If you beat them on proud mode, you got one. And if you got, the, I think, maybe 100%, you got one. There was a bunch of different themes, and they're all really high quality for PS3. And my PS3 theme is... Uh, uh, my PS3 theme is still the Kingdom Hearts one that you got for Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, 1.5 collection that I love. I liked for beating um, it. the uh, Bloodborne theme you got for Platinum, but it was too bright. Very. It's what I have a problem with Destiny. It didn't feel like it fit the mood of Bloodborne. Yeah, and like with Destiny, once you um, load up Destiny, the new uh, loading screen is like pure white. And it's just like, come on, the rest of the game is dark. And this is like blinding light. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that always makes me angry. But our last question on Twitter goes to El Chabib. He says, hey, guys, in this day and age of staggered release dates, do you agree that it affects the game? Having Anthem released on different dates depending on what tier you purchased is ridiculous, in my opinion, mm. and really makes the community around splinted up, especially the other days. Agree. I think that if a game comes out, it should come out on one day so everybody can experience it. And I do think that when they do launch like that, it gives streamers who already have a little bit too much to say in terms of game updates and such uh speaking specifically to destiny anthem where the developer listens to what streamers want instead of what the normal audience wants i think that it gives them too much of an upper hand compared to the regular person it emboldens their voice yes and i don't have a problem with that 
but when it it becomes a problem uh specifically when they only strive to listen to the streamers and not the uh people who actually have problems with the game there are problems in destiny 2 on console that still exists uh that people have been complaining about for a year now or longer and there have been problems that people have brought up on uh, that are streamers that have gotten fixed within a month or two it's very it has happens very rarely but yeah, a weird case of priority. And some of it, it's like, you know, you think about it from the smart business sense. Well, I guess to an extent it makes sense. The streamers are going to push the game more potentially. So if they don't listen to streamers and the game and the streamers start bashing the game, there's a chance that it could hurt the game's sales or uh, continue play numbers, like, you know, the still live play count. Um, but, you know, I think this goes back to um, – one of the earliest times I can remember talking about it on the show specifically um, was back when Shadow of the Tomb Raider was announced to have all those different types of release dates based off of when you bought it and so many different versions that all came down to a lot of them just because you'd get the game a little bit earlier. And it felt ridiculous, and it felt ridiculous for Anthem, a game that I was excited for and have enjoyed. And for a number of reasons, I feel like uh, it messes... It, 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 and this ties into why I think it's a dumb business decision, Right. The part that's a dumb business decision about it is that for some reason, if your game does have problems, like I think Anthem actually did uh, very early on the first few days and they were able to patch it before full release when I started playing, since I didn't pre-order that version. Um, it's bad in the business sense of that. It hurts the, the day one sales for the normal version of the game, for the people that didn't pre-order the crazy version. People who are waiting and just going to pick it up day one, they're hearing all these bad stories and they're going to be shy about getting it and then bam, that hurts your bottom line and sales that, you know, the first week sales or first day sales, first weekend sales, whatever it ends up being. Uh, so I just feel like it's a bad reason for that. But the other thing is, I also think that it just undermines the player base in a way that doesn't make sense. Uh, and I continue that all the way through games that don't even have an online portion a game like anthem though i do think it, it gives people a weird upper hand and it just feels odd to do in my opinion i think it's a it feels like it's slapping consumers even though a lot of the ways the bigger thing i guess is that your people are paying for literally just to get it early that's it that's the only yeah. thing they're getting <laughs> in this new version that's 20 more dollars and, and while I, I think it is cool that that's an option but i don't i, I think that it's just handled wrongly when it actually finally happens like i think getting a game like 12 hours earlier because you maybe pre-ordered it 12 uh, hours in a week are very different no too. very different i want to specify that yeah very different but i will say that because like, 12 hours you could account for that well that's the same as somebody being in an entirely different time zone than me yeah you and, know that happens. and that's that's when it's fine in my opinion if it's something like that like maybe if you pre-order the game you get it two hours early to release or 12 hours early or eight hours early that's fine yeah but with even as, games, even as much as 24 hours early i would say yeah that would be the limit because feels anthem was like what three days and i think then, it was a week no i'm talking about there's there's two things there was full ea access that got it one week and then there was xbox ea access or something else that, that had got three, it days. three days and then yeah. i think playstation had no way to play it early yeah no playstation had no way to play it early uh, maybe legion of dawn version had, i don't know i don't remember it's too much for me to remember, keep up with. i don't remember a version of but PlayStation. do you want I, this is what i feel like they're doing with that right that what they're doing is slowly getting people used to doing that. They feel like the benefits are getting the game a little bit earlier, right? But they're getting these people more and more used to paying seventy nine ninety nine for a game with the only added benefit being that. What happens when you pull that benefit out slowly but surely? Then people are just used to paying seventy nine ninety nine for a game, and this is their way of easing the price of games up. Is what it feels. Yeah, like. Yeah, that could be a thing. Like I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense to me. So I mean, 
Who knows? I could be wrong, and I may be looking at it in a way that doesn't make sense to anybody else, but that's what it feels like to me is a way to get people used to paying that price so that they can eventually undercut it and undermine it, and then bam, you're paying that much more. And even if even if it's a temporary thing where they just do it for the people that are going to be, I don't even want to use the word gullible, but for the people that want that as a feature so bad they're willing to pay $20 more for the game just to play it early, then they're just making $20 more off the game to buy into the people who are that excited for it. So either way, it's a business move that's very smart for them, but I think it's weird on a consumer level. Yeah. Why don't you lead us into some Discord questions? All right. First one We have two of the same ones. We do. What do you mean? Two two of the same questions. That is true, but Rob Henry said it first, so he gets it first. Mr. Rob Henry 2990 over on Discord asks, what's your favorite Final Fantasy Sorry if I missed this one. Um, mine is going to be an offshoot, and it's just a weird thing that I have for this game. It's Crisis Core, Final Fantasy for PSP. Final Fantasy Seven, Crisis Six. Core. Also a very good game. And I love 9, and I love 8. 7 is good. I think it's... I use the word overrated specifically that I think that it's remembered very fondly because it was a lot of people's first RPGs. Um, but it's still a cool game. So. 6, 7, 10, and 12 are my favorites. 10 is also a great game, but we've already talked about why I have some issues with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's only worse the more. I, so when I played the PS4 version, I was like, oh, a my 10? God. Yeah. Also, hold on. Can we? I understand that the Switch version slightly overpriced. Oh. Oh, okay. But it's not that much more overpriced. How much is it on PS4? Uh, $20 now? Do you know it's on Switch for 50 and it's both games? I mean, it's both games on PS4 for 20 I know, but still. Oh, is it? I thought it was. I thought it was. There's, there's, there's no way. Never to, mind. I take that back. Yeah, no. If it was ten dollars more to play it on the go on the Switch, fine. But it's twenty dollars or 30. thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Got that so, Nintendo tax, boy. Nintendo doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, they know exactly that people are. And the biggest problem is, is they're, they're not even the third system to get it. You know, well, the full fifth. There, right? yeah, because the, the PS3, PS or PS1, <laughs> PS2, PS3, PS4, PS Vita, Switch. <laughs> PC, technically, six, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. And then Xbox has it now as well. I don't know if you knew that. but So that gets that one out of the way. Saul, do you want to bounce on the rest of these? Do you want me to take all these? Uh, or at least for a, a little bit. Well, I'll say, run them for a little bit yeah, while I'll you pull it back up bit. anyway. Uh, Let's pull it up now. Next question, Mr. Josh Ayers asks, Triangle Squared Brett, will you plant Days Gone? And Saul, I assume you won't, but I hope you give the game a go at least. Um, I, I am going to give the game a go. I very I, likely. I never said I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I just but, said it's not at launch, and I said I'm weary about it. Uh, but you've been, uh, you could. I've been critical of the game. You could understand why someone might think that you're not going to. Yeah, I've just been critical of it. Yeah, um, but outside of that, yeah, I will most likely plat it if it follows the same fun platinum rules that Sony games tend to follow, where it's still a challenge, but it's not making you give your entire life up for it. Uh, and I mean that more in a time sense. So like games like Grand Theft Auto V, not a hard platinum, but something that most people wouldn't want to do because it requires you play the game for essentially 500 hours. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely see if it's an, uh, if it's a good 80-hour platinum oh, no. at most. At most. No, absolutely not. The game's, I said at most. The game's 30 hours. The game is 35 or 32 or something hours. You, like you think it's more than double to platinum the game? I, said, I didn't say I think it is. I said if it's no more than 80 then I'm fine, and I'll probably do it without any kind of question. Uh, we'll see. I don't think it'll be that much. I imagine this game will be a 50-hour plat. Probably so. 50 to maybe 55. We'll see. 
So yeah, yeah I I'm probably thinking, will, and I'm I assume it you will eventually. too. It's just, I mean, it's not one of those like the my my core message. I'm getting of this, it physically, but your disk drive doesn't work. I was gonna say you could borrow it, but yeah, well, I was gonna say my my core message of this or message, but my core thought of my whole critical thinking of this game was that there, like, I understand that it is getting some hype. I don't understand how the Sony treated it until they proved me wrong with all the marketing they did. A ton three days of after we aired that episode, ton of them. But yeah. uh, it's not one of those games that I would consider a system seller. That's all I've said. That's all I've said. You I know just, what? I, I actually, I don't think I disagree with that either. Yeah, it's it's just, it's not like... But most exclusive, when you look, or not most. That, that gets the most, worst. No, you're right. Most first-party PlayStation 4 games could be considered system sellers. Well, I was going to say this could, is could be not, right? Because there's plenty that are not. The Order is not... Uh, I will, well, okay. That's and right. I mean, I love The Order, but The Order's the not... The big ones. The big uh, first-party Knack is obviously not. Knack 2 is obviously not. I don't not. count Knack. That's uh, launch. There are... I mean, there are definitely... Garbage. There, there are other games, though, is what I'm getting at, that are definitely not system sellers. But Sony has had a very good run of it this, this okay, generation. Yeah. So, in the past three or three years, most first-party games... Yeah. But, I would even go as far as Horizon, say Detroit wasn't a system seller uh, well, as much as uh, I liked it. I would say that it it probably sold some. What I mean by a system seller, yeah, what I mean by a system seller, general good selling game is a game that, that would, would, oh, a system seller is a game that you would not want to miss. So if you don't already have the console, you buy it only for yeah. that game and that game only. Bloodborne, That's what I consider to be a system seller. Now yeah. there are people that will buy will go well. Detroit looks fun. I really want to play it, but I've also been wanting to play Uncharted 4, The Last of Us, and Spider-Man, and God of War. So you know what? Bam, I'm going to buy it. See, I don't, I don't put Days Gone. There are, there are differences. That's I, why I say, like, Days Gone, if you just looked at me and said, and I'm sure somebody exists out there that goes, Days Gone only is the reason I want to buy a PlayStation. I'm sure it exists. Yeah, but I, I, I said don't, that, that I, I agree with you that. I said, but I said I doubt there's 10,000, tens of thousands of people out there that would do that. You said that there was 10 people. <laughs> Listen, there are sometimes I can over-exaggerate, okay? Yeah, I know you can. It's okay, Saul. It's what we love you for. I don't for. think 10 people are going to buy Days Gone, though. I think it's one going to sell nine copies. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Next question was from Mr. Boba May, but we've already answered it. So, yeah. uh, But we didn't answer the second half, so I'll do that. Uh, he said, which was our final favorite Final Fantasy entry? But the second half of the question is, which one is the most recommendable for someone new to the six. series? Without a doubt. Dude, six. that's a really good question. And I think I agree with Saul on the six because not only is six a great game, and I think it would pull them into loving it, I also think that six is not too hard. So for people who aren't used to the series, they can get well, into it by... What I mean is there are definitely harder Final Fantasy games. But six seems like a good overall thing. Now, if I had to really, this is going to be a really weird thing for a lot of people, I'm sure. If they've never played Final Fantasy, they're new to the series, and they are. And we're talking about right now, for as bad as it is in a lot of areas, I still think 15 is the most accessible game nope. by today's standards. If you make your way through six, and not by that I mean if you're not a if you are not a uh, base fan. But six is the way to six go. Six is a more true to the series answer to where if they go through it and they like it and they played six, they know that they'll like the majority of the series. Where if they go through 15 and let's say they love 15 for whatever reason, they, they love it, they play it, they like the story, they like the gameplay, all that, and then they go and play the rest of the series. I think 15 is a great introduction to the series because of accessibility in today's ex expectations of a game of that style. Uh, but I think that the traditional Final Fantasy styles, like 6 being a really good opening point, uh, is a great way to get somebody in. I love 9. 9 is not a good stepping point to me because 9 has a very out-there story, very weird, and it's still very super traditional Final Fantasy, but I think other games pull that off from a beginning standpoint a little bit better. I don't think 8 would be a game I would tell people to come in on. 
No, I wouldn't. Tell I love eight. eight. I wouldn't tell eight or seven to be honest. Eight's an odd game. Seven is seven's obviously an odd game too from a story perspective. Yeah, but seven is obviously most people's start into Final Fantasy and big RPG games. Why people have so much reverence for it? So it's obviously a game that worked as a first entry to the series. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Kiki, but, uh, by the way, Kiki, I know he's going to watch this probably either tonight after we release it for Patreons or tomorrow. Um, the way you phrase your questions, and I know he's fine with this, they're all quickfire questions, especially one set of them. Uh, I know he intended for quickfire because I think he even said it. But I like his questions because his questions are some of my favorites where they're easy, quick answer, personal questions. Gotcha. Unlike what one of Josh's is here in a second, which is a good one. Okay. Mr. Pumpkin. Hey. Uh, he is a patron. Thank you, good sir. He says, now that PSN name change is live, what are your thoughts on the price to change after the first after the free first change? Do you think many people will charge will change their ID and will you guys be changing your online ID? I personally won't be changing mine. I think me and Saul uh, ended up covering this inadvertently. Um, no, I won't change mine. Uh, partially because I don't have a problem with my name, and secondarily, I don't want to risk even the very very small chance. Uh, oh man, did I tell you Gavin changed his name? Dude, he changed his name. To okay, what? Gavin is two things. He changed it again. Gavin is one of our good buddies we play uh, Destiny with, and you've, I know you, if you're a fan of the show, you've heard me reference him multiple times. But um, uh, he went from uh, Dracoon Wireless, Dracoon Wireless, which is uh, a weird name already. But no, it's him. not. It's not. And I'll tell you why. Because he's he's black, and he Coon fits in there because he calls himself a Coon. Okay, this yeah. is an odd Dracoon one. Dracoon is a play on words of Dragoon, which is Beyblade, which is his favorite show growing up. But why wireless? Because he, he worked in Walmart's <laughs> uh, wireless center. I'm not joking. That's literally why. You know what? That's actually a great name. With the I explanation you, well, behind I'm it. You, once you get the context of it, it's a great name. Um, but he changed it to Queenslayer 01, oh, or no, 08191. And that's his birthday. And then, why would you put your birthday in your name? I don't know. They and, tell you that all the time. Do not then, put your birthday. That's not his real birthday, by the way. I actually, I'm, I'm a couple of days off for privacy reasons. But sure, uh, then of course. he changed his name to Black Tarzan, but there is no C; it's an X. So it's B L A X K Tarzan. I haven't been eyeing my friends list close enough. Man, yeah, you definitely have. Well, I mean, you probably you would have missed them. You know, like who is that? Who's Black Tarzan? By the way, it does not show their old names on their profiles anywhere. I went to look, and I did not find it. Somebody else who changed their name on mine, it said it in parentheses beside it. I did not. That is not on my quick friend list, though. Okay, that's all I ever look at. Yeah, I, I use that a lot. But no, normal friends list, it'll show you. Or if you click on their name and go to their profile, it'll show up beside it. Gotcha. Uh, so even if you say that he was on my thing as Black Tarzan, then I clicked on it, and it would show me that it was originally. Dude, I love the fact that he, he for whatever reason, I don't know why, but he 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 loves that, like, I don't know. He just loves joking about his race, and I don't get it. Like that's that's, I know that's that, something in every time he's ever had an online D except one. He's had his race in there. I don't know. Queen Slayer. I don't know. That well, two. Okay, counting Queen Slayer. Yeah, um, but because one was Stuntman. <laughs> but he was. Uh, Gavin's a weird. LeBraxon like James him. or something on Xbox. And then he was. Uh, I can't remember all of them. He was one of those like me that had a million Xbox gamer tags. But yeah, you were yeah, bad. Um, I think the uh, the system for changing and the pricing system is perfect. It's the same as Microsoft. It's free first time, ten dollars after. 
And then uh, five if you're on PS Plus, which I was going to get into. I don't think that you. I don't think you get a discount on Xbox Live not if you have knowledge. gold, or at least you didn't. It's always been nine ninety nine, and it might even become twelve ninety nine or eleven ninety nine. I think it's. I mean, I would hope it's still nine ninety nine. That is not unreasonable. It's a name. If you wanted to change it, you probably should have put a little bit more thought into it. It's cool that you get two. That's good, but yeah, I don't think you, you get one free. Great, that's awesome. Doing it after that, it's like. Eh. The second time, you still didn't give yourself enough thought. And I know sometimes, I, this is the biggest reason I can give as to why I think it's a good thing. You have people like my brother who have names that are very heavily drug referenced. And as he's tried to get out of that life and try and kind of fix and I, yeah, Captain specifically Chronic. his being that his situation was that he's trying to better himself what because his, his drug situation name? was bad. Uh, it was, oh Lord, something with bong in the name and his picture was all on it. And it was oh and, he's not not his current one not his current one okay I was like I don't that's what it was and then whenever he went to rehab and did all of his stuff and came out and was kind of like I need to do better he was like he I wants to stay around that old he was kind of like I want that but I also because he had a couple of games on it but he's like it's worth leaving that behind to start with my new name what is and he it did oh it's one. Jackal Jackal the yeah. Jackal that's what it is yeah so um, there you go yeah I think it's a decent system and honestly the four ninety nine for P- for PS Plus members is pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Next thing up, uh, Boba may ask us, which one of you is uh, the better friend to have? This is an interesting question because I think we're both really good friends to have. It's just both for very, very different reasons. Incredibly different reasons. Like I am, like I would say, Brett is the one that if you need help with something, he is almost always going to clear his schedule to come help you. I won't. Like if I have something going on, I, I have something going on. I got I, like I can't come help somebody. Brett, on the other hand. Um, I'm a, I'm, I would almost consider myself too willing to help sometimes. Yeah, to the point where it annoys me. But I think that's what we play well against each other is because like when Brett did that, he he actually came. Him and Sean came and helped me out with moving some stuff, and like I bought him dinner and stuff, and uh, helped him dispose of some stuff as well. Even supplied the facility where we threw it away at. But yeah, um, that worked out good. That's and I think that's why we bounce off of each other so well in terms of that. But. Um, I don't know if you're like me with money. Like, are you good about just uh, giving friends money when they need it? Uh, people I trust. I am okay. very... Uh, That's how I am. It's I am like, very much... If you're my friend and I consider you're close enough friend to lend you money, uh, that means I essentially trust that you'll pay me back. And that typically means that I've either had reason to believe in the past that I've, gi- I've given you something less important than straight money and you've given it back to me and you built up kind of that repertoire. Uh, whereas the other side, I think, is, uh, you know... I know people who, to me, if you can't borrow uh, a game that would cost me $5 to go buy again, but if you can't borrow a, something as simple as a game without losing it, uh, messing up the case, scratching the disc, not giving it back to me when I, when I asked for it. Didn't that happen? Like, you let me borrow something and something happened, but it wasn't me. No, it wasn't you, and I'm trying to remember what it was even. Was it? It wasn't Need for Speed. I'm trying to remember what it was. I let Trace borrow my Need for Speed uh, 2015, and he got cigarette ashes burned into uh. the thing and I, on the plastic, and it like frayed it up and it uh. pissed me off. Uh, and I'm really bad about that. I hate that stuff. I, if I let you borrow something, you should have the decency to, to know that I'm giving you something that is technically mine. I'm giving you the trust that you can take it. And you should be able to do it. Like I let, bar- I let, and only because of the steel book. I let Corey borrow uh, near Tomata. Yeah, you I'm, shipped that to him. I mailed it to him. Yeah, uh, which is in, rough. in a custom near Tomata case yeah, as a that's kind of a right. double. It gave you the, that this- was the first one we ever gave away. I think of any game, right? I think you're right. Yeah. So I did that or game case and uh, put it in there so it would cradle it 
also had a, it had a double use. Uh, and then whenever he came back uh, into town, he brought it next time he saw me. Yeah, uh, and I'm fine with that. So if Corey and I, and I also know Corey well enough at this point, where if Corey came to me and said, "Hey man, I'm in a real tight spot. Do you have fifty dollars I could borrow?" Not that I even would, but yeah, I, I would. See, and it's been so. Like, I'm not. I'm not the person who's never let you borrow money. Well, I've let Blaze borrow a ton of money, and Blaze has let me borrow money. And that's and that's one of those weird things that between us, we don't really have that experience, except for like when it comes to buying equipment. And it's not even it's not even borrowing at that point. It's that like, hey, we're gonna go in. Somebody on this has to pay somebody back at some point. Yeah, and situation. it's just that we're all too lazy to have cash to pay each other back. There have been times like uh, the lights, for example, it was like. Technically, Brett was to give me thirty for the lights, and I was like, "Don't even worry about it. We'll just instead of giving me thirty to split the sixty, we'll just we'll attribute that to something else down the road." Yeah, and, and it, then, it works out because like this is just a fun story at the back end of why I gave Saul crap. And I actually just, oh for the camera, yeah, yeah it took but, me so long to pay it, but at any given time, I could have like there was like one instance like when I think we were planning for our wedding, I was like, I don't really want to take that amount of money. I'm not gonna say how much out of the bank account, but yeah. Sure, um, but outside of that, yeah, I, I wasn't even that hard on Saul because I really knew, and and we went into it knowing that I was going to buy it up front, and I told him that I made the choice to go ahead and buy it without necessarily you saying that you were ready. So just pay me back when and you can. And Brett's the kind of good friend. Like whenever he sold, he sold me his PS4 for three hundred dollars, and he's like, "Here's he just he's like, give me one fifty now, one fifty randomly some other time down the road." Yeah, and I was just like, and I like friends like that, but I never have to borrow money from people. You know, I'm normally the person lending money out. We leave this question knowing that Saul, you're a good friend, bud. Well, you, you're a good friend. Uh, I appreciate you. Okay, this is the bonus uh, quick fire round. He actually specified this. So, real, really, we cannot take Here too we long go. to answer these. Physical books or audio books? Audio. Physical. Favorite collector's edition you've ever purchased? Dark Souls 2. Come on. Five? Uh, I, hold four, on. Keep... Three? Two? The uh, Batman Arkham uh, Origins one that came with the TVs because it's just a really involved diorama. Burrito or quesadilla? burrito ooh quesadilla french toast pancakes or waffles pancakes waffles beef or pork beef beef board games or card games card games mm. you're slacking there Car- card games because cool is a card game yeah uh technically mega man or zero zero yeah zero Absolutely. cloud or squall cloud <laughs> cloud only because of kingdom hearts but cloud <laughs> pokemon or digimon pokemon even though digimon has a glory show Pokemon as a whole. Moogles or Kokobos? Co- Chocobos. Moogles. Moogles. Okay. Good questions, so, Kiki. I appreciate yeah. those. I really like that. See, it's even better when you say quick fire and it's just one or the other. You don't give us any kind of freedom, really. It's just one or the other. What is it? Yeah. I and like the that. only one in there that was not that was favorite collector's yeah. edition. But and still. That, uh, and, we, and I have a good nostalgia for uh, Dark Souls 2. Uh, Liam says, if you could create a game... A dream game machine that has the full library of the two consoles and what two consoles would you pick? Libraries strictly to that console. So you can't buy all a PS2 or you can't buy a PS2 and have access to all the PS1s. Ooh. I already have the perfect answer for this. I'm going to have a dream machine that is the Xbox 360 and the PS4. There are so many remasters on PS or 360. Uh, the Halo remasters and such like the... Um, yeah, and see, I'm glad he didn't specify that closely. Edition. He just said that you can't play the PS1 games like if they're just backwards compatible. Yep. So if the game did re-release, then it counts. So I get um, I get all my Halo games, and I get all of my Dark Souls games, and I get everything all on one console. Okay, if this was a Dream Machine, and it had to be two, right now, because of the, the, the remaster era that hit with the, PS, with the PS3, where a lot of PS2 games came forward, of the most of the games I really liked, uh, right now I would have to say PS3 and PS4. PS4 has surprisingly been, and I don't know why I say surprisingly, but I guess it still surprised me. The PS3 was so good 
that and it, it's so fondly in my memories that that's just um it's a great question but ps3 has to be there there's so many game series that started that i love that came from that or that are still only there like near being only on ps3 i love that game dragon guard 3 ps3 love that game and if it came down to where I, these are the only games i could play and it was these two systems those would be what i want and there's still a ton of PS because there's so many games that release on PS4. There's a ton of PS4 games I've not even played, so I would still like to do PS4 so I could play everything else. My next one would be Grand or not Grand Theft Auto. What in the world? Uh, <laughs> Game Boy Advance, <laughs> Game Boy Advance, and PS2. Okay, but it, it would depend. Can I play my PS2 games on the Game Boy Advance? Or like, how does that work? Um, Shaw, or Sean, Josh Shoop says Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of the Skywalker. Are we excited? Predictions. I'm tempered me too and uh, i have one very big reason but i'm curious if it matches i can't up remember did you like um the last jedi yeah i didn't hate it see that's my thing it's like i liked um uh, it w- the biggest problem and i think we probably agree on this and i know a lot of other people that have brought this the up needless plot the biggest problem was the side plot yeah it was a very big detraction there's a lot of like hate for that movie for dumb reasons and we're not one of those people that like no. hate the movie and again i didn't i didn't hate the movie it was, was i left stupid... the game being uh, game i left the movie being mostly uh I, and I don't want to go into spoiler territory here. There's one big thing about the movie that I hate, and it's about it ties into one of the things that I'm mad about with Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and I said it before: the biggest thing about why I'm not too excited for Rise of Skywalker, I'm, I'm tempered at least, is that this is a third movie in the final trilogy for this, and I don't understand who the bad guy is. I don't yeah. understand what the stakes are. I don't understand. It's who, gonna like take it like. Uh, I would almost, and I hate movies like this, I would almost say that this deserves like a Deathly Hollows treatment where there's part one and part two. It almost it almost seems like there needs to be. Yeah. Because how can you resolve, how, well, how can you set up and resolve all those things in the third movie only? See, and my thing is... is and that, you could say they've hinted at it in other movies, but there's not de- definite anything just yet. There was two parts of uh, The Last Jedi that I absolutely hated, and that was the side plot. And then the other one was that one, um, the general lady... Like, the oh. whole plot with her was stupid. And the sad thing is, is she's a fantastic actor, uh, especially in movies like Jurassic Park. If I, yes, uh, Laura okay, we are talking about the same person. Yeah, Laura yeah. Dern. Yeah. Um, my thing is, is that there was too many questionable decisions made in that whole entire sequence, of that, or that whole plot line was like, why was Poe acting so stupid? Why was she the like the leader of all this and not like other, other known characters that was like, General Agbar was there, um, or Admiral Agbar. Um, but there... It, the Leia scene, the every, there was just some stupid things about the movie, but there was really cool scenes like the throne fight room or the throne oh, room fight. Okay, yeah, but that's that's a double edged sword because there's a Cause big it, reason as to why I don't the, like that. Yeah, because the ending, the climactic. The climax was terrible. Well, the climax of that area, because what it does is it ruins off the only part of the movies that was so far incredibly interesting because you didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and now they've they. I still think that they ended the possibility of that with this. No, they didn't. That could be still be a red herring. It still could. It It still could. And I've already talked about the fact that I still think that what they're trying to do. And I guess we can move into the Rise of Skywalker thing. So anybody who's seen it knows that, uh, or you may have seen the trailer, knows that at the end you hear the laugh of Palpatine. And, well, we did talk about this already in the Star Wars episode. Okay, yeah. So Palpatine's coming back around, and they're well, utilizing him. that we know of, yeah. But, yeah, as far as we can tell. Uh, but it f- seems like it's a cheap way to get people back in to being excited because of The Last Jedi being middling. Yeah. And I don't mean the group of people who just hated it. The, the Force Awakens I just mean was the fact, a such better movie than it was. The, and what's like, funny about the Force Awakens played it safe Jedi. in a lot of ways, but because of that, it felt more controlled. And I guess I'll give the Last Jedi. It had the balls to try and be 
out there and different, but it didn't succeed the right ways to me. And it took a lot of missteps that I think are going to affect what the third movie could have been. Yeah. And, and a lot of that has to do, a lot of that revolves around Snoke. Yeah. And my, I had a fan theory for uh, the rise of the, why did that movie title sucks? The last Jedi. Cause I keep, I can't remember it. Uh, and yes, that's solely the reason why it sucks. Um, <laughs> let's not, let's not face the fact here that, you know, there was, there's now rise of Skywalker and the last Jedi. Sure. Um, but uh, have you seen the theory that, that Skywalker yeah, is a general term for the Jedi's now? Yeah, instead yeah, of being a Jedi, it's gonna be a new wave. Stupid! Shut up, people who made that theory. Uh, <laughs> I, my theory, though, that I think is correct and will be correct because I have inside knowledge on the movie, is that Ray is a Skywalker. So and and, and it or no, makes I'm sorry. you think. No, 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 I'm sorry. Kylo Ren is a Skywalker. Oh, Ray is Ray is a Solo. What I think happened is that they switched them and that in order to protect like the whole thing with Luke trying to kill. Well, this is spoilers, but I don't care. This movie's two years old. Now go watch it. Luke tries to kill Ky- uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, uh, that was the big, which was stupid because Luke would never do that. And more because they covered it in the, uh, like, you know, they covered that in, in the original trilogy. Yeah. So they, you know that he wouldn't do this. What I, are you think, talking about? I think he tries to kill Solo. Or, yeah, Ben Solo. I think he tries to kill him because um, he has just way too much dark power in him or whatever. And I think that he was training to be a, a Jedi Master and he was just not up for the job and everything. And that he they basically gave the reason why I think he did. But I do think that instead of... Um, uh, I do think that instead of... I think that he's really Luke's son. I think that, that – and that had to be kept secret because Luke was supposed to be the, the master Jedi. And Jedis aren't supposed to have emotions or love or anything like that, and he had a son. He yeah. fell in love, and then they had to hide it. So then Leia, his sister, of course, was like, I will be the one to take your boy. Which would be the red herring flip of everybody in from the first movie was saying that she was going to be a Skywalker. Yeah. Revealed that she, or be, some he, people thinking that she was going to be somehow related to Obi-Wan. Yeah, and I, I think that, that – was like, a big thing about I, I, And I actually said that she would be the Skywalker. Skywalker, what I or the solo, what I meant is that she would be Obi Wan. I think that what would have happened is that they, I don't know how they would go about explaining it because it doesn't really make sense to explain it because she was ditched on a planet. Luke and Leia, Han, they would have done that to her. But um, if she was ditched on a planet, not by them, but by some other force, I would think that she is a Jedi. And I wonder if she's remembering that wrong. But I, I mean, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's daughter, a Kenobi, not a Jedi. Yeah, but yeah. um. I do think that, that Ben Solo is a Skywalker. I think that they realized that Luke shouldn't have had a baby. They hid it from everybody. That's why he went out and hid himself in, from the world because he was ashamed. And that the, the mom probably died during childbirth just like uh, Padme did. And he is the Skywalker nobody's supposed to know about. And that that's why he told uh, Leia or uh, Ray that her parents are nobodies. is because he probably knows his parents technically are nobodies. His real parents, like his dad, went and hid away as a hermit somewhere, and his mom died. So maybe he was protecting some of himself on there. I don't know. That's a good. That that's actually a fairly well thought out theory. Yeah, I so. thought about it quite a lot. Yeah, um, and I was curious about it, but I'm excited, but I'm tempered. Okay, uh, Atlas Unchained, also a patron, thank you, good sir, says hypothetical situation: your friend has decided to give gaming a shot and bought a PS4, and you buy them a game to help them get into it or help them into it. What game do you get? Days so, gone. <laughs> uh, Horizons Your Dawn or The Last of Us remastered 
a remake. Yeah, and I go broad because if they've not bought, you know, if this is one of those weird things, they've never given gaming a shot. That's what this sounds like. You know, hypothetical situation, never given gaming a shot. They're coming in with a PS4. You want to come in with something that is accessible enough for somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience in gaming to... Those are easy you, to pick you, up games. You, you wouldn't say Bloodborne. If you've never played no, games, you would, don't want to throw somebody into Bloodborne. Yeah, I would I would tell them to play through those, and then I would tell them to play through Dark Souls 3. You know, I might even actually go into a different way. I think what I would try and do is I would try and, to, I would try and attack it in a way that gets them to equate gaming to something they're more familiar with, like a really great story, and do something that has such a small barrier of entry in terms of the gameplay thing that they can learn how to master the controls. That's where I'm attacking this from. I would get them like a Telltale game. Or something like Detroit. Give them a cool story. Let them go through that. They get attached to the story. They're learning how to play a game in something that's not so not eh. so driven. And all it is is like, well, you got to know the buttons and you just got to know how to move your character around. It teaches you moving into an environment and stuff, but not with high stakes. Uh, and then that would be my... So one of my first games would be something along those lines. Is this GameStop? It is. 9246. What, who are they calling me for? They called me, I'm guaranteeing you, because of the midnight for... I don't have Days, Days Gone, Gone pre-ordered. Not Mortal Kombat? I don't have Mortal Kombat pre-ordered. I, the, I, the last game then I, I pre-ordered at the GameStop was literally a, a My Hero Academia game that I never even intended buying. I just had to do it to shut her up. Okay. That sounds mean. If you knew our GameStop people, you would know. Uh, Kiki, you already asked this question, or maybe you didn't, but Brett answered oh, and this Kiki's last Kiki's a, a patron, too, so there you go. Shout out, Kiki. Uh, let's see. Don't give Kiki a shout out. He doesn't need more attention <laughs> in his life. I think he does need more attention. He needs healing. I'm going to give it to him in the form of answering this question. Uh, sensual healing. Favorite breed of dog or cat? Um, dog, I'm Chocolate very... Chocolate lab with a pit bull mix. I am very partial to mutts. We talked about this last week, but I don't know, or last episode, but I don't remember the context now. I almost think Kiki like was watching. He was like, I want to ask that question. It was just like, like as we answered it or something. Because we got we brought it up somehow in the last reader mail. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I'll say... If if it, I'm very partial to mutts because I've had a lot of them that have been great dogs. I've never paid for a dog. I don't really believe in that. I think it it just seems antithetical to the point of what a dog is. I, the dog is not my property as much as and, and there's you can get into a lot of things. I do treat my dogs like dogs. That's a very important thing. But they're also an extension of my family, uh, and I wouldn't pay for my daughter. You know, I wouldn't go and be like, oh, I mean, some people have to. That doesn't. That's not belittling adoption. It's a very different setup. I just think that there are tons of free dogs out there, and it actually kind of ties into the idea behind adoption, right? Yeah. If you can get this dog for free well, and give it a life. and, and To make, give it a life is not free, though. Like, it's hundreds of dogs. No, you have to buy tons of dog food, take them to the vet and stuff like that. And but that's yeah. just like what you do to take care of your kid because you love them. You do it to yeah, take that's care of your pet because you love them. That's what people, I always thought about with like my mindset. It's like, my cat is like my baby. Mm-hmm. I will pay for her for her shots, her food, everything, and I don't care. Exactly. It's one of those things. It's like I I knew that going into it, and I knew the responsibility to take. My so, favorite kind of cat's a calico and a Maine Coon because that's what Evie is. Uh, so cats, it's called a Persian Blue uh, or a Russian Blue. Hold on, I'm trying to remember. I know. Which I one think that. it's I think it's a Russian Blue. Um, I'm pretty sure that's I know what that one is because Annie. Yes, it's Russian Blue. I don't know why I got Persian in my mind. Is it the uh, uh, Russian like Blues the are very very pretty hair. and they're short hair and soft yeah. as hell. Yeah, uh, they're very good cats. Uh, I like them a lot. Um, um, almost like their skin's like felt. Yes. Yeah, I like them. Their they're they're cool cats too. I really like them. Uh, though I, I'm very partial to tabby cats, partially because I have one, but also I had one named Sephiroth back when I was a teenager, who oh was goodness. amazing. I loved him. Uh, dog though, even even as much as I love mutts, I really really like pit bulls. 
and and they get a lot of crap. They're great dogs. They are fantastic dogs, and it's I am firmly in the camp of it's not the dog breed, it's the people behind them. Um, yeah, oh well, I, see, I don't know about that situation. It's a little bit of both, it. but it's that the dog breed doesn't have to be bad. They most of the time are not bad unless they're put in situations where they're. And you're talking about specifically stuff like pit bulls, right? Yes, specifically pit bulls, because they're a, they're a dog that's constantly talking about. Well, you never know they're going to snap one day. No, it's not quite how it works. If you raise the dogs right. That's not a problem. People get scared of Vass sometimes because he's got pit bull that you can obviously see in him, which is my dog right now. He's a uh, half chocolate lab and he's got some pit and some other mutt in him, but the pit comes out very strongly in his looks. Um, but I just don't believe that that's a big deal. I, I like pit bulls in general. I like them all. They're very cute looking dogs and they're very happy dogs. I love them because they have this cool smile, the way their jaws are shaped yeah. when they're, when they're like just chilling. Even if their like mouth out, is open, like it looks like, like they're smiling. It's like they've curled up a little bit. I love those, but I'm also very partial to uh, Shiba Inus. And yeah, lastly, so they're, they're awesome dogs. Like those though. are three or $4,000 dogs. And I have a big parcel thing to wiener dogs because I've always had them in my family. Yeah. So you Dotson. Have one out here. Um, uh, favorite flavored soda has to have a flavor added to it, like cherry and vanilla. That comes from Kiki as well. I'm a cherry man. Cherry Dr. Pepper, cherry Coke, cherry Pepsi. I hate vanilla flavoring and, and like Cokes. I'm a vanilla Coke for me. Ugh. I don't normally care for those, but if I have to, that's where I'm at. Now, Mr. Pumpkin, I think, gave us some quick fire questions. He has three questions pretty quick. Um, or actually, the last one's not, so we'll do two quick fire questions. What is the most you w- would have or have spent on a game? Probably Grand Theft Auto. A couple hundred dollars just from how many times I've bought because it. Because he's bought it over and over again. Um... Most I've spent on a game, uh, a little bit of a cheat answer, uh, but essentially Darksiders 3 because I got the collector's edition oh, yeah. that was $400. Um, most I would spend on a game, I've said it time and again, I would have gladly spent over, I, I would have spent $100 on Terraria. That's what, yeah, that's my answer for that too. Yeah. Uh, will you be playing games when you're old? I hope I will be. And I want to say yes to that as well, Mr. Pumpkin. Same. I hope I will be. And I I hope, I mean, it looks like right now gaming is not going away. It's something that a lot it of people like it's do. It's actually going to get more and it's more a, improved it's as a, we get older. It's a byproduct of how we are as a society now. We don't have to fight for survival uh, on a mass scale like we once did. You do have to fight for your right to party. You do. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, yeah, I hope so as well. And it, it doesn't look like uh, entertainment's going to be something that needs to be around as we continue to settle into uh, a calmer and calmer and more and more safe lifestyle. As much as the media may think it's going other ways, I do think, generally speaking, we're in a safer time still than the majority of human history. Yeah. So. And then his last question is What are your thoughts on The Witcher series coming to Netflix? And how do you feel about games made into movies? I could never really get into The Witcher. So. I you're really tempered. I'm not even tempered. I'm just I'm like I'm not watch it. I'm a huge fan of Castlevania. Have not watched the Castlevania series. Me yet. either. So and I keep thinking I need to. Yep. So it's one of those things. that's like it's gonna be my I, next gym show when I'm done with the Dragon Prince. I'm gonna start that Dragon Prince. Uh, made by the people who made Avatar. Okay. Yeah. That's that sounded familiar. Uh, the Last Airbender, not the Blue People movie, or the live action movie, which is the Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Uh, but games in the movies, yeah, I've done right. It could be fine. Can be. Can be. Yeah. I was gonna say, Very I specific thing. Is there, I don't know if there's an example where, in which a, a live action, because there's some really good CGI game movies, there but are. I don't think there's an example of a live action movie from a video game that's good. I haven't watched it, but I've heard a lot of, and it's still not perfect in the sense of it has to transition to a movie somehow, but I've heard pretty okay things in terms of if, if you want to consider it to not be badly I know done, which, I know Assassin's Creed. Oh. I'm going to say Prince of Persia. Nah, Prince of Persia was... Again, not awful. See, I, and, and actually, ben Kingsley in that movie is like that's a perfect role. 
It is actually, and, and I was going to say that the, the effects in. for time travel too were beautiful. But it's like this, you could tell the entire uh, the entire crux for that movie was just wouldn't it be cool if we were able to do the special effects to show how time goes back? Yeah, and that's like the majority of the way that they do that. So um, yeah, I, I'm excited in the sense that. Uh, I'm curious as what they're going to do with something like The Witcher, which is normally meant to be really big, epic scoping of, a, of an RPG, and how they're going to try and put that into a, a show. I don't necessarily love Henry Cavill. I just don't have a lot of experience with movies of his that I've loved. So um, cautiously optimistic. We use that word a lot, but it ends up being the situation. And movies and games in general, I think that it can be more well done than it ends up being, but I think a lot of the time Hollywood execs end up messing with it. Yeah. Blake says, pick one actor. Blake is also a patron. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Blake. He says, pick one actor, and if you can only watch movies from them, and you can only watch movies they're in for the rest of your life, future movies count as well. Easy. I have two. Easy. But I already know what Brett's is. Brett's <laughs> is Jim Carrey. No, but he's, really? he's a really good close. Okay, I was going to say Jake Gyllenhaal for me. Because I like Jake Bubble Boy, also great. Donald, da- Donald Darko, Donnie Darko, uh, Nightcrawler, Prisoners, Can't Forget Prisoners. Dude, Nightcrawler is such a good movie. And even, Prisoners is amazing. He's not even the main character in Prisoners, and that he carries that movie. Um, great. Well, actually, I'd say they both carry the movie. Yeah, but yeah he's exactly. very good. But he's yeah. very good. Uh, there's so many good Jake Gyllenhaal movies that I love. I think Bubble just, Boy being... I, I think you can still guess mine. And I think it's... I, I've talked about it so many times. It's weird to me that it's not hitting you because I swear I've said this to you. It's Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, yeah. I can mind. watch any Tom. I was Hanks thinking for movie. some reason Steve Carell. Also very good. Yeah, but no Actually, Tom no, Hanks. No, I would argue that there's no there's bad Steve Carell movies. Well, I'd, I'd argue there's better. There's more better J. Jonah movies than Steve Carell movies. Oh yeah, I, I would argue the same. I, I can only think of Forty Year Old Virgin and oh. Dude, some of his comedies are really good, but there's a lot of them I don't care for, like Date Night. And Date then, Night sucks. And then that, what was the other one that was essentially Date Night? That it's was a spy movie. Get Smart. Get Smart, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I didn't I, care for those either. But 40-Year-Old Virgin has a special place in my yeah, heart. I love that movie. But yeah, uh, And there's another movie, The Seeking a Partner for the End of the World. That's that a good movie. Kira Knightley uh, in it. Kira, that's yeah. a great movie as well. Uh, Evan Almighty wasn't that bad either. No, yeah, but no. I love Bruce Almighty. It, so it wasn't it wasn't Bruce Almighty. That's all. That's that's the movie's only fault is yep. that it just it had to follow that. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, but Tom Hanks, without a doubt, uh, I absolutely love all of his staple movies for sure. But I also liked him in Cloud Atlas and stuff like that. And Cloud Atlas is kind of a it's a very long movie. It's a very hard movie. to it's watch. It's a very hard movie to watch, but I love it. Um, it's a very hard book to read. I've not read the book, but I've, I've heard. I've read the book. I've the heard. book is rough. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, things like Castaway and The Green Mile and Forrest Gump and even the uh, Incredibly Loud and Dangerously Close, I want to say is the name of the movie. I've never even um, heard He's in a ton of great movies. I, I also really liked his stepping into the uh, the um, Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons I and most not, recently Inferno. I still don't watch those movies. Great movies. But I've read the books. I love them so the much. The books are good. They're so good. Well, the first So, movie, yeah, yes. Tom Hanks is easily it. He's, he's got so much charm, and if you, that also counts things like Toy Story, so you get a little bit of, uh, you know, balance there. Big. Sleepless in Seattle, great Never movie. Seen that movie. Is that the one with um, Meg Ryan, or is that You've Got Mail? And I think You've Got Mail is Meg Ryan. And okay. Yeah, but that's also not a bad movie. Um, no, big is a great movie. Big, Dude, is, a great big movie. is so good. People look at me because it's an old movie, but oh, it's so good. People you know, look at it and they go, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, "Yeah, watch it, and you're gonna cry." You know, uh, based or at purely, least tear up purely off my age and the names of these movies. Uh, I've got I got big mixed up with one other big humongous movie franchise when I was growing up that came out around the same time era. Could you guess it? 
Because if you guess it, I'll give you a million dollars and every other patron a million dollars. But it's the complete opposite of what that kind of movie is. Okay, so big is supposed to be somebody who goes back. No, no, the opposite of the genre. Oh. Oh, God. I don't know. I got big confused with Child's Play. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know what I would have never guessed that. But, like, I never... I never, even though Chucky was his name, I never called him Chucky movies. I called him Child's Play. Have you seen that they're redoing Chucky or well, Child's Mark Play? Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky. I didn't realize that, but yeah. also my girl Aubrey Plaza's in it, and I love her. Yes, me too. And I don't know. I mean, I, the movie looks fine, but it yeah. looks okay. Yeah, it looks okay. Again, I say, I'm I say it fine just for Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. All right, let's see. Uh, Oathkeeper Kiki says a Patreon. <laughs> if you could experience a JRPG game physically. Which one would it be? For me, it would be The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. I'd love to have Class 7 as friends. Probably a Danganronpa game, given oh. I'm not the one that gets that would killed. Be, yeah, that'd be, that cool would be cool to kind of just witness. But that's not really a JRPG game. That's like would more you of a, not? I mean, nah, that's more of a Japanese novel game. Yeah, that's true. Or whatever those games are called. Uh, yeah, I mean, virtual novels. Virtual novels, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's so in, it's so entwined with JRPG tropes yeah. in a good way in a good way that I feel like I still want to consider it one. I would honestly okay I know what it is I'd put myself in Persona Four World. Okay, of as course long as I'm, I'm not one that gets killed. I'm going to answer with some crazy crap. Of course, I would love to be in the world of Near, and that comes down to. The yeah. i the ideas behind it are really doesn't cool. Doesn't sound safe. You know, it doesn't sound safe. That's the biggest I, thing. I, I it's dangerous as hell, but cool world. And like the, seeing the shades, and like it would be one of those things where I would want to go in and start trying to learn as much as I could about the shades. I would love if I somehow got to you know Nier's over there doing his own thing. Old old Pappy Nier, Daddy Nier, and I'm just uh, running around and doing my own thing and trying to figure out what the shades are myself. And because. If you can even loosely understand, and like you know, say Nier runs up to me and he has a Grimoire Vice beside him, and I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? Start trying to figure that out. It would just be a cool world to be in because of the way that the lore and stuff around is. And I would is. say Drakengard as a general because Nier is a spinoff of Drakengard. Throw me in a Drakengard universe in general. It's crazy, but it would be really interesting. Yeah. Drakengard 3 would also be cool because dragons. And Mikael is really cool. Or Mikael. Um, I have to say the same thing with the guy from Death Note. Is it Michael or is it? It's Michael specifically. Michael is the dragon at first, and then he's reborn because of the way dragons soul. I'm just work. saying the way he is. It's Mike, and he's Michael then. Kill. I can't think of his last name, but it's the guy at the end of the arc of Death Note, the bad arc. All right, you want to hit this next one? You want me to grab it? I'll let you grab it. All right, Sean May ask: Out of all of the Final Fantasy games that ever came out, and you had to make a party of four. Oh my god, I don't know if I can answer this question. Which Final Fantasy characters would be in your party, and which four summons would you take? Mine would be Squall, Final Fantasy VIII. Aerith, Final Fantasy VII, VV, Final Fantasy IX, shout out to my boy, Aaron, Final Fantasy X, then my summons would be Ifrit, Final Fantasy VIII, Shiva, Final Fantasy VIII, he really likes Final Fantasy, I knew this, but uh, Knights of the Round from Final Fantasy VII, and Cerberus from Final Fantasy VIII. Here we go, Saul. Man, this what is you got? a This is a question. really hard question. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pick things that come straight to mind. Um, Zidane. And even though this is not a turn-based game, I'm still going to throw him in my party. I want my boy Zach there. Zach Fair. Uh, Zidane from Final Fantasy IX. Um, what is his... And why am I skipping on his name? Starts with a K. Kamara... Oh, oh no. It? You're talking about uh, the guy who is in 10. Yes. And I'm skipping on his name right now. Blue Dude. I know who you're talking about. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, it's killing me. But... 
Okay, no, don't even Google it. Just keep on going. We know who you're talking about. I'm okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so that's three. My fourth. Who is a really hard question? Kimamaru? I think you're right. Um, damn, who's gonna be my fourth? This is a really tough question, man. Really tough question. Kimamari. Okay, yeah. Like Kimar Kimari. Thank you. Kim- you were, yeah, you were what is so Kimamaru? close. Kimamaru. I, I don't know. And then Kuwabara. There's too many K names. Japanese people. Slow down. Um, you know what? I'm gonna throw VV in because I do love VV. That's I like gonna be mine. Too. That's gonna be my. That's gonna be mine right there. there What's you your go. four summons? Four this summons. Is hard, this is a hard thing for me. This too, one's really hard. I narrowed it down pretty easily. Uh, mine's going to be Ifrit from. Ooh, oh, I'm not even doing what. They're all the same in all the games. No, except Bahamut no. in all of his forms. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Actually, Bahamut gets really weird. See, that's, um, that's with me. That's only one specific Bahamut I want because the rest are the same. Like Ifrit being the same as. Yeah, uh, he's mostly he'll he the does. same. Final Fantasy Ten. Not really. Uh, you give me Final Fantasy Ten um, Shiva. That's who I want. That's, yeah, that's a dope one. Final Fantasy Ten Shiva is really cool. Um, give me Ifrit from Crisis Core. Did you just do Hellfire? Huh? Look, what I'm what I'm talking about is yeah, there are move sets, but Crisis Core also is a little bit different the way it chose uh. about doing it. Um, give me boy Cerberus from Eight is a pretty good one. Cerberus from Eight. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one from you, Sean. Good, you got good taste on that one. This was my easy part. This is not my easy part. None of this is easy. None of this is easy at all. Okay, he has Hellfire and Flame Shot. So much more of a so much in Crisis Core. I don't remember Flame Shot though. I don't want to choose from a game, but I'm just gonna go ahead and go Gilgamesh. Give me Gilgamesh. Yeah, Gilgamesh is a good answer. So I would have uh, for me, it would be. My favorite trio, it would be uh, Unsuspected Person. It would be, um, when you looked at me, and I forgot his name just now. <laughs> well, you said Unsuspected, so what do yeah, you mean? Yeah, well, like... it would be Squall, or not Squall, ooh. Um, but, uh, excuse you? No, Go ahead. Uh, Vaughn, Van. Uh, oh, yeah, from 12? Yeah, from 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kiki, because um, we all need a black mage. I mean, Kiki. Kiki! Vivi. Vivi. Uh, Vivi, uh... You why'd you do this to me, Vaughn slash Van, depending on who you are. Vivi, uh, Aerith as my healer. Um, B, uh, Vivi, my black mage. Oh, what is his name? Final Fantasy Tactics main character. Final Fantasy oh, Advanced. oh, don't do See, this to th- me. I knew that don't was going to happen to me. And you know what? The fact that I did not dig into. Freaking Final Fantasy Tactics. Now, hold on. Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about Tactics A2 or are you talking about Advanced. Original Tactics? Yeah. Not Original ta- original Tactical Advanced. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, Tactics A- Advanced. I think um, A2 is the one I haven't played yet. Hold up. Let me get my boy here because I cannot remember his name, but I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, let's go to the story because that's what it comes down to. Characters. Uh man. Uh, Just there. tell me what the, ne- what the letter starts with. Mm-hmm. Oh, M. Marsh. Yeah, so Marsh, Vaughn, uh, Vivi, and um, Aerith. And then my summons would be Bahamut Furry, uh, Fury uh, Form, Ifrit, uh, Odin, and then uh, Alexander good. from Six. 
Okay. So that's the yeah. only one we'll specify because Alexander from six. I right. am actually a little disappointed that I didn't do anything from six, but eh, it'd be okay. Uh, let's see. Next question. Oh, no, 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 no. Boba may ask, what is a game series that you really wish you could get into, but for one reason or another, you can't? What reasons keep you away from it? The Witcher. We've talked about it before, and I think he already knows my answer, but for those that don't, I didn't really like the combat that much. The story couldn't hold my attention that much. Everything else about it was fantastic, though. <sighs> this one's a hard one, too. Look at Alexander, big old muscly castle man. <laughs> he is, man. And that steampunk design's really Dope, cool. Dope, yeah. That's all six? I know, that's what I'm saying. That's why I like six a the lot. Magitech steampunk, armor, man. Yeah. Magitech stuff is cool, man. I, I'm glad that it made its way back around in this 15, but I don't feel like it made its way back into 15 in a good way. Boy, that case is so cool. <laughs> um, anyway, let's see. A game series that I have not been able to get into, but I wish I could. I don't know if I even know the answer for you for this. Yeah, you know, I think this probably goes to show a flaw in myself that I don't give games enough time to where if they just don't grab my attention for whatever reason, I just go. I can't really think of a game that I got far enough in to feel like I knew that I would like parts of it and I wish that I could get through it, but there's something that just kept me from it. I don't think that that exists for me. Um, definitely not now, because I would say Red Dead, the original, um, and there was just something about the way that it played. It was so bland in comparison to what I was playing around it. And those games control really roughly to me. But since then, I've gotten into Red Dead Redemption 2. And despite the gameplay still being a little bit rough, the addition of the first-person mode made it more bearable for me. And I got to play an amazing story because of that. Um, so I kind of use that as a cheat answer. But, yeah. I, and it seems to me that this is teaching me that I need to play more games that I don't know if I'd like or not. Uh, and take more risk. I do like to take a risk. And I do it a lot. But it, it seems to be that most time I take a risk, I end up really loving the game. Yeah. So... I don't know. <clears throat> Josh Ayers is going to lead off the last two Ayers. questions. Ayers. I d Ayers. I did this before we started. Sorry, Josh. But Josh Ayers. Just answer the, say like, the question. I'm going to air these questions out of here. Uh, he, first of all, uh, he says, I don't want this to be quick fire because I'm curious what you have. Day of PS5 release. 11-11-20. Oh, you, you got the other one, though. You missed it. I, I just said I want to do this one first. 11-11-20. Okay, Stop stalling. Quick fire. Five. Four. March of 2020. I was going to say um, February 30th. Are you, are you will afford? Are you will? Are you <laughs> price is riding me right now? Price is riding you. Where you where whoever the people is, you go right underneath them. So if they say 1200, you go uh, 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 1199. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen? Have you never watched Price is Right? That's no. a tactic. You see whoever is around what you want, and you go under them just a little bit. And February 30th, I know, is not a real date. That's I was not, already going to get into show that. You. <laughs> but my point was, I, was like, I thought you were making the joke that you were just prices riding me by throwing whatever Juan's, dates Juan's before it. Because remember, he had April schedule all his appointments. And then they were like... Well, actually, April did that himself. April herself. did that. And then she was like... And it wasn't February 30th. No, it was no, another it's, day. it's the reverse. It was March 31st. And she's like, March 31st doesn't exist. And then yeah. April was like, uh-oh. For you Parks and Rec fans out there. Yeah. Um, uh, but Josh says, is, his other question was, is Xbox success purely contingent on Sony screwing up? Xbox originally uh, commercially uh, is commercially a flop, and PS4 beat Xbox One before the race even started, and 360 did dominate a gen, but was outsold by the PS3 due to Sony's poor messaging. Will gaming's future for Xbox be middling success only when Sony drops the ball? I think that what we're going to see 
is what I kind of have had in my mind for a while now, and that is Sony, um, I mean Xbox, taking more so of a, um, I guess, of a program, like a uh, a platform a program, approach, a platform approach. Where I, yeah, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like where I think that you're gonna have Xbox Live, but you're not gonna have a. Um, you're not going to have an Xbox. It's going to be on PS4 or something eventually, or it's going to be, it's going to be a service that they're going to start creating in which you're not caring about an Xbox, but you're caring about Microsoft's games. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to go into. So I guess, you know, to expound on what Saul's saying, I think this is exactly what he means. I'm going to give um, Is, and Saul, you can cooperate in a second when we sit back down, but, you know, the idea it seems like what you're getting across is that you're not saying that Xbox will completely move out of the console generation, next generation, but they're going to focus more on the being platform side and they're going to be a platform first and foremost and a third party one at that extent as they move on to other consoles, but they're still going to make hardware just to appease the fans that really like them and to also get just a, let me, you know, the thing about it is this generation is the only generation that has had and we were talking about this earlier in discord ironically this is the first generation that's ever had consoles come out of the gate being profitable for the system for the people behind them and i think that was really far that was due to the fact that they were scared that the market wasn't going to support it so they couldn't afford to put systems out that they were losing money on every time they sold one instead they wanted to go let's get let's make a very mild profit worst case scenario if the system does tank we didn't lose out money by giving you know the ps3 by uh and i don't know the number off the top of my head but it was $8. hundreds of dollars oh no that's right ps4 was eight dollars yeah ps4 it? was 18 dollars i think $18. at launch uh that they had profit and i want to say ps4 uh, was the like PS, 125 ps3 was they PS3. they made a loss of over i think it was two to three hundred dollars it's very drastic no it, absolutely not. i say think and the only reason i say that is because blu-ray players weren't even worth that much back then yeah, but you have to also think about the proprietary chipset. No, no, I know that. I'm just saying that, like, that would blow my mind if the if the proprietary if the proprietary chipset combined with the Blu-ray. Okay, was Sony that much. Sony's estimated cost for the system was eight hundred and five dollars. They sold it at six hundred, so two hundred and something dollars. Okay, yeah, two hundred okay, five. That's I can see that because of the Blu-rays because I think Blu-rays back then were four hundred dollars when they first came out, mm-hmm. or even maybe more. Um, they were very high and the Sony was in the same price range if not a little bit higher and had it could do more and actually top of the range even they were considered a top of the range Blu-ray player when the rest of the Blu-ray players that were top of the range well, were higher and you so a lot of people went with PS3 it's you know what's absolutely crazy is that this exact same thing happened this gen it was that the Xbox One S came out and that was a cheaper 4K Blu-ray player or a better value 4K Blu-ray player than anything on the market. And it wasn't a Sony product when last gen and it was a Sony, it's a, but Blu-ray is a Sony name. It's a Sony owned. Sony is part of the partnership. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that, so that means that Sony, every, every time they sold Xbox, they got royalty. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that last gen people were buying PS3s for Blu-ray players. This gen people were buying Xboxes for Blu-ray players. Just a different kind of Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And kind that's an so weird because Sony seeded that ground when they were primarily the people who would not do that. Uh, you know, PS2 was one of the biggest reasons that DVD got so successful so quickly. It was a cheap DVD player, and a lot of people owned PS2s precisely to be a DVD was player, it a and then ended up playing DVD player in that time frame. I, I thought by then that was like you could buy a DVD and VCR combo for cheaper. DVD wasn't even considered a big thing. It was still very fresh when Sony adopted it. They were very earlier. It, it was just 
weird. I guess it's just how how long we've or just how like far Blu-ray. We've come. Yeah, yeah, it's just like Blu-ray. Blu-ray was technically out by the time that Sony put it in their thing, but it was very it was on its little fledgling legs. Um, so what I was hold getting the, at with that though is that hmm? pizza has thin crust pizza now. Back to they have had it for a long time. I've it's never very good. Seen that. It's not as good as Domino's, but it's good. Okay. Um, but yeah, Sorry, I, I, ordered I think pizza. to go back to the question, what I was kind of getting at though is that Microsoft selling consoles is just going to be considered their secondary thing. They're not going to leave it because there's going to be people who prefer their ecosystem uh, and their controller and their UI and all that weird thing, and they're going to be just completely wrapped up in it. But then they're also going to start to exist off-platform uh, or off of off hardware on the Xbox, like they already are to some extent when you can do it on PC. It seems like from a lot of things that there's going to be a potential for switching it and PlayStation eventually. And it makes Microsoft's success not have anything to do with Sony screwing up because their success is in a very different realm. And it's in a realm that exists across all the platforms so they can benefit from there. So actually, I think, and there was an article about this very recently, um, Sony right now, and, and you can see it in their plans for the PS5, as we talked about with our most recent episode, Sony is very much betting on the traditional console market, and they're the only person in it now. They dominate the market because they've slowly done it across this generation, and the, the landscape is changing so much that what they're going to do is really champion this market and be the part of the one of the only people in it. Xbox is going to start being this service thing that's going to exist as a platform across all of them is what it looks like. Can't say for sure, but it looks very much like it. Nintendo is going to fit with their little thing of being a hybrid between a home console and a handheld as much as possible and lean on their weird IP and be something, again, that's complementary to a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 uh, and continue to lean into that. And then you're going to have, of course, the new competition in town, uh, which is going to be Google Stadia and even Microsoft's little foray into that with uh, their, uh, what what was it called? Um, Project Morpheus. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not Project Morpheus. <laughs> no, what's um? Oh, like that's uh. It's gonna kill me that I can't think about it. But the Xbox streaming service is called. Uh, Nav? No, that's <laughs> the cell architecture for the PS5 is Navi. Uh, did they have a name for it? Project X Cloud. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, yeah. And that's probably not a final release name. Uh, uh, but then you also have Sony kind of in that market with PS Now. But it's going to be more tied into using PS Now primarily on their consoles and maybe on PC like it currently is. Uh, so, no, I think that we are coming up on the first gen in a long time where all three people are doing massively different things. And because of that, they all have the ability to be massively successful like we're already seeing right now with Sony being massively massively successful, Nintendo being pretty damn successful with the Switch despite its flaws, um, and then Microsoft doing well. It's hard to say that Microsoft flopped this generation because they didn't. 50 million consoles or whatever it is, even if it's 40 million. It's not a joke. It's a lot of consoles, and that's more than most Nintendo consoles have ever sold. Uh, so you, you look at it in that sense, it's like, well, no, they're not... You know, I think them dominating PlayStation again is just out of the question, uh, like they did with the 360 gen, because that's not the market they're in. They're not in the same competition as they were. Now it's not about being direct competition. It's about being competition in a way that also can work on their platform. That's what it looks like. So we'll see if that ends up being true. Uh, that's that's very much what I think. I think that they are going to put consoles as secondary focus and that their stream, or not streaming, but their platform uh, for their services as primary and i think they're going to be very successful in that with their services because we're already seeing that on the switch that millions of people are enjoying games like minecraft they got cuphead 
We haven't gotten Cuphead yet. Yeah. So, and that's and, why I say there looks you, like there's a lot of talk between Microsoft and Nintendo. I'll tell you, you want Cuphead. Cuphead is a fantastic game. If all you own is a, a PS4 and even just a regular PC, you could play it on any kind of potato PC and be fine. Um, I didn't actually know how how it actually runs. It, was. It, it still runs perfectly fine on the Switch. I was playing it uh, yesterday. Yeah, but the Switch is well. I know that I'm decently saying, powerful like, in comparison to a potato. If PC. you have a recent uh, desktop, you'd be yeah. able to handle it within the within the last five years. You think? I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say five. I'd probably say six or seven. Hmm. You could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I would guess this can play it. At it seems like it's not a demanding 60 game. Sixty frames per second. Yeah, that hand drawn art style is very a laptop. Yeah. It's like imagining Hollow Knight running bad, which I'm sure it could. I don't want to. That's just a sad story. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes Reader Mail. So thank you so much, everybody. This is the first episode where we did our Discord pulling the questions in, and we did it to massive success. Thank you so much, everybody, for giving us questions. We're still going to continue to do it. Where If you want to do it on Facebook and you want to do it on Twitter, we'll do that. Um, And, of course, you can always give them to us on YouTube if you want to, as uh, hopefully that picks up, too. And thank you all for the new Patreons. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys will be hearing this before anybody else. So I want to get you guys that thank you before anybody else can hear it. (laughs) Okay. With that said, we will see you on the next episode of Triangle Squared Proper. And with that, we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Thanks to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino, Stephen Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Justin Rowe, and William Digital Spooker. If you would like to support us, you can check out the link in our description or go to patreon.com slash nartech. Thank you.